Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every Friday we'll be covering another instalment in a classic horror franchise. Go to weirdgeeks.com and weirdgeeks on iTunes to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details and news on our very own feature films, albums, shorts and more that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. We Are Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the film's referenced, and no infringement is intended. Hello and welcome back to the We Are Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in a classic horror retrospective franchise. Sort of. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout all of the 80s slasher remakes is Katie Watson. Hello. And Shannon Hollander. Hola. Como estas? Hey guys. Oh, I didn't know you spoke <laughs> Spanish that well. That's amazing. We made it to Christmas, guys. We're doing Silent Night, Deadly Night, and we're pitting Christmas. it against its remake, Silent Night from 2012. Before we get to all that stuff, a couple of things. Number one, go to weirdgeeks.com. You can branch out to all the social medias. You can send us emails or just by typing mail at weirdgeeks.com or fuck you at weirdgeeks.com. And most importantly, go to iTunes, type in weirdgeeks, find us there, subscribe, rate us, because that's the only way you can support us. We don't do patrons, we don't do banner ads, and we're not going to try and sell you any blue tint, blue glasses, blue, light blue screen glasses, glasses, blue light blocking there you glasses. Go. Yeah. They're better. Well, but, you know, we really should. They're good for your Protect eyes. Protect your eyes, people. It's very important. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Get a thing on your screen. Get goggles to put on. Just help help your life out. You only get two yeah. eyes. Twelve ninety nine. I mean, we're not selling them to you, but we'll promote no. them. It sounds like. But you should buy them. <laughs> Just not via us. Right. Yeah. Via yeah, your yeah. appropriate store. Yeah. Also, number two is I didn't mention the last couple of weeks. This has been obviously a bit of a hot mess. This series we've been making it up as we go along, but we do have a different structure of things. So just to clarify what the films are, we got rid of Mother's Day, obviously. Which is very yeah, happy. Yeah, we, we got shit. rid of that. We saw the trailer so now, for that saw, one in this mm-hmm. one, and oh my god, so happy we're not watching that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah. And that seemed uh, a little more home invasiony than I really wanted to handle. Yeah. Oh, was that the remake yeah. trailer yeah. or the? Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, home yeah, invasion. You should see the original. By, <laughs> you know, admittedly, kind of hot guys with tattoos. Yeah. Still. I don't think you should be worried about the remake of that. It was no. the original, but anyway. We're doing Silent Night, obviously, this week. And then next week, we've got April Fool's Day, which Woo-hoo! was going to be our last one. But as anyone who listened to when I guessed it on the Horror Business podcast, they pointed out, was it actually on my car off mic? I'm not sure. But it pointed out, what about Stage Fright? And I have no idea why I hadn't included Stage Fright. So that's going to be our final episode, because that indeed has a remake. And that's fun one to go out on because yeah. the remake will be the last film we see and it's a musical mm-hmm. so. yes i am here for this one <laughs> and for people who don't know ali from our, many of our other podcasts has just decided to start turning up to all of these viewings pretty much now yeah and she she's always says, been clamoring she's pretty excited about this setup because she just gets to watch the movies and then leave and she's like this is this is pretty much all i want <laughs> Is she where she can do that normally in life? She doesn't I think have so. to always watch a film, make notes, nice and talk about it for three hours. Like people yeah. around you who are invested in the same movie that you're watching. Yeah. Okay. And I personally appreciate it because it makes me less scared. Because now instead of just having like 
Katie to throw in front of a bad guy? Should we, you know, be home invasion while we're watching this? I now have two people I can hide behind. Yeah. So that makes Should me feel better. Should we be home invasion? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, I'm presuming there were plenty of laughs with this one. Um, oh, my God. But before oh we get God. into it, yeah. as always, you two have not seen either of these films before. Um, I have seen both of these. If you don't know, Shannon fucking hates horror films and fucking hate slasher films she hasn't seen them before she's nearly walked a couple of times will she yeah. nearly walk this week yeah, That's as the we question. found out in sorority <laughs> row she fucking hates clowns yeah <laughs> uh, i'm really confronting a, a lot of things that i fucking hate yeah. <laughs> yeah. long list of things she hates but one of the things she doesn't hate is her fantastic list of bingo boxes to tick off where she before we started this series if you're new to us you won't know it but she made a little list of all the things that she in her brain decided should would be in a slasher film and made a bingo card of it so she's ticking them off as she goes through so we're gonna look at silent night deadly night from 1984 we're gonna check her bingo card and then we're gonna go on the silent night check her bingo card and then we're gonna choose a winner at the end of this episode that's the structure that we finally got to in our nearly penultimate episode yeah right (laughs) Sounds good. 1984, though. Before we get to all that stuff, we like to look at the landscape a little bit. We just blitz through it quicker than we do on our normal shows because, hey, double bill episodes. Aren't you lucky? Yeah. So someone has the top 10 grossing worldwide movies of 1984. Who is it? It's Shannon. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So 1984 seems like a real fun year. There's a couple things outside the top 10 that I think are notable which is number 19 revenge of the nerds very nice hell yeah very great yeah. great 13 splash oh thanks tom hanks oh yeah right? do you know what really ended up being revenge of the nerds just the 2000s oh, like if they yeah. just waited a couple of decades they wouldn't have to get any revenge they were on right. top <laughs> yeah it's like big bang theory happened and all of a sudden nerds were cool <laughs> yeah yep great anyway uh, so number the thirteen, over. splash. Number twelve, Purple Rain. Oh, Little, yeah, yeah. yeah I've I, never seen Purple Rain. Yeah, oh, yeah. You what? Uh, I don't like Prince. I, I mean, just I have mixed a, feelings about Prince, but I just catered a Purple Rain themed uh, holiday party. Oh, it was James and I went to the Prince Museum for his birthday. Fun. It was amazing. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> really cool. I think after going He's to that, count. I was like, I'm okay, Prince. I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> is is he is he in it? Uh, his ashes are, yeah. Are they really? Yeah. <laughs> I said there's, it was a joke. <laughs> uh, there's an area <laughs> in his home where it was always meant to be like this. I th- I was either like he planned that this is where he wanted to be laid to rest, but there's a glass. It's very in the very center of his home. That's like a part of this big like atrium area. That's and his ashes are in this clear box, like overlooking everything. At first, I thought yeah. Al meant was he in the movie, and you were like, no, but his ashes are. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> like that's depressing. yeah, that would, that's the remake that of Purple Rain. Right? <laughs> yeah. What's in the actual top ten, Shannon? Uh, well, I mean, it, it. it's still eleven. Is the Terminator? I feel like that's notable. Oh. We were going to get to the Terminator later this year because we have the uh, remake. Well, not remake, the sort of the proper sequel from James Cameron coming out, which they just named recently. But yeah, I don't know if we're going to. We'll see. But we might get to that later this year. Okay. And then your top 10. Uh, number 10, Footloose. Hey yeah. Yes. Number nine, Police Academy. Dang. Right? The first one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Man, yeah. there are only like, what, 12 of these fucking films? Oh, uh-huh. I mean, listen, 1984 seems like it was a fun fucking year. Because in number eight, we got well, Star you Trek. You got Silent Night, Deadly Night. So it was a great nope. year. Nope. <laughs> uh, then uh, number eight, we've got Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Oh, jeez. Number seven. Where did he go? One of my personal movie, my personal favorites, <laughs> The my Karate Kid. Oh yeah, baby. The best. Oh yeah. Honest to God, like that's one of those films where genuinely I think it's fantastic. You yeah. go back to it. It's not even ironically good. It's really good. Oh yeah. I mean, listen, wax on, wax off, baby, all day long. I mean, sure. I mean, uh, it is one of your personal movies. Daniel's kind of a dick, but I don't know. I think I stand. No, he is a bit of a dick, but that's why I think it's good. He's actually an interesting character. And other than the like the bizarre ending where it just stops, right? <laughs> this is true. It's, it's. I think it's a really great film. Yeah. yeah. Number six, another great movie, Romancing the Stone. Oh, Kathleen shit. Turner. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right? Shit, one yeah. of the only true sort of Indiana Jones knockoffs in that era that actually was decent. Yeah. yeah. Followed up by, was it Jewel in the Nile, I think was the sequel? Don't worry. I'm rewatching all the Indiana Joneses right now, so I'll get my report. Get to on everyone. to that afterwards. Get on to Romance in the Stone afterwards. Yeah. yeah. You got it. Double bill. What uh, else have I got to do? <laughs> <laughs> Number five, Gremlins. Yes. Oh, one of the best Christmas horror movies of all time. <laughs> yep. Christmas little horror tease. films. At the, e- at the end of this podcast, I'm going to give my personal top 10 horror Christmas films. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Gremlins right. may or may not be on it. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's see. Number four, Grand Canyon, The Hidden Secrets. And then number three, another great one, Ghostbusters. Damn. Holy shit. 1984. Right? I What's know, up? 1984 ain't fucking around. And For we're going to keep it going with number two, <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. God damn it. Oh, my God. Right? God damn it. And we getting, we're getting a new Beverly Hills Cop as well as new Ghostbusters, aren't we now? Yeah, there's new oh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. yeah. I thought they were doing something with Beverly Hills Cop. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm sure. There's there's no IP from the 80s that isn't being, like, judged out <laughs> now. True. And then number one for 1984... Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Fuck yeah. I just watched what? this one. Kind of a letdown. Not going to lie. <laughs> it's fucking not, crazy, that film. Not my favorite of the films. <laughs> no, no. Did you get to Last Crusade yet? No, I. it's next on my journey. I want to know how you feel. I All like I remember movie. is yeah, Sean Temple Connery, of isn't it? Temple of Doom's not great. It's Temple, Temple of Doom Doom's good was as like, like a midnight hey, Raiders movie. of the Lost Ark did really well. So let's turn him into an action figure and make everyone around him just a cliche cartoon character of who they'd actually be yeah. in real life. Great. Yeah. Go. And quite racist. Oh, so <laughs> racist. Like the woman in that, I think might be the most helpless woman in all of film history. In all, in all of film, film history. It's I mean, so, like shockingly. More helpless than what's her face in Prom bad. Night? It's beyond anyone in any of these series that we've watched she is she takes the cake like her going Indy like is (laughs) at least 75% of her dialogue I'm not even joking like her just crying or whining about nothing is just the the majority of her personality that's why it's the temple of doom like when she's Uh, being lowered into the fire pit I was like just keep going just go (laughs) 
do you yeah. have speaking of midnight b movies you have a list of horror films 1984 gave us see if it matched up to the top 10 blockbusters there is one that shares the top 10 blockbusters but other than that it's kind of a short list uh we're gonna start strong with children of the corn Cool. Be- beginning well. of Al's favorite franchise, followed by <laughs> The Company of Wolves, which I'm not familiar with. Maybe mm. werewolf film? Yes, it is. Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter. Part ah, four. Yeah. It's a good one. That's not the one the with our chapter. friends. Uh, well, not our actual friend. That's the ones with what's his face in Crispin Glover and um, Corey Feldman. Oh, those aren't our actual friends? Yeah, they're our friends. The Initiation, which is a great one. Yeah, that's pretty good. One that I watched, I think, last year with you, Al, Night of the Comet. We got kind of obsessed with Night Ofs in titles. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's another mole-based film. There were a lot of mole-based films in the mid-80s. I enjoy a good Night Of. Or a Night At. Or a Night Out. Yeah, I'm getting back at your things. personal movies again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street. Boom! Hey-o! The, origin- the first one? That's, what is, yeah. that's all I got. I mean, and one of the best slasher movies of all time. Satan's Blade. Yeah. Not one of the best slasher films so of all time. Awful. And then followed by the one that shares with Shannon's list, Gremlins, of course. So quite a lot of slasher films. So the perfect time, guys, because 1984, again, as we talked about, we've been working our way through. Really, it's the slasher boom with so many of these Ooh. are coming out. And they're still trying to cover them holidays. So we got Silent Night, Deadly Night. 1984 gets a 5.9 out of 10 on the IMDb's directed by Charles E. Sellier Jr. who's produced a hell of a lot of stuff way more than he actually directed Um, and he passed away in 2011 written by so we'll get to how this came about but it's written by Michael Hickey but it was based on I would say a story, but it's which is how it's credited it's based on a sentence by Paul Kamey DP'd by Henning Schellerup who is a director, a DP, and he did camera and electrical on Halloween 4, Maniac Cop, and Nightmare on Elm Street. And he passed away in 2000. And music by Perry Botkin Jr., who did a whole bunch of stuff, but also did the music for Mork and Mindy. What? Oh, nice. Starring, oh boy, here we go, Lillian Chauvin as Mother Superior. Now this is a serious fucking actor. Since she's been doing stuff since 1950. She's an Alfred Hitchcock Presents. She was in the original Mission Impossible series. Oh, my God. She would go on, like, after this to get involved in a lot of horror stuff. So she did Predator 2, Universal Soldier, Pumpkinhead 2, The Man Who Wasn't There. She was in with the Coen Brothers, oh. Catch Me If You Can. Her last film, very sadly, before she she died in 2008, her last film was called The Passing, which I feel oh, is a little snap. weird. But uh, the whole time, and yeah, no, she's probably most famous for being quite a big, in LA, she was a big um, acting teacher. There's a different word for that, isn't it? <laughs> What's it called? A different word sure. for being a big acting teacher? Yeah, is there not a different thing that you call it when you go to class? and Whatever. I mean, no. That's what she was known as, was a teacher, really, of uh, run classes uh, for actors in LA. I knew her. Did you guys feel like you knew her face? Yeah. Did you, do you notice, Shannon, are you about to jump in? I was having too much nun PTSD with this I mean, film I did recognize face. her a bit, but I, I wasn't sure if that was just because she looks like you know who i would imagine should be playing this role or if there was something it really bugged me because like i fucking know her face and she was in one episode of friends can you remember which one no she plays joey's grandma tribbiani <gasps> oh, in the episode when he's trying to show her the episode oh my god 
<laughs> love Holy it. Holy shit. It. Oh my God, that's so great. It's like I know her so well, but looking older somehow than she I looks. I love how you here. can be like, she was in Alfred Hitchcock. She was in this. Everyone's like, great, great. She was in Friends. What? Yeah, 100%. She was Grandma Tribbiani in one episode of Friends. Joey. Yep. yep. And only in like two scenes. Oh, that's amazing. Also starring, but who really cares? Uh, Gilma McCormick as Sister Margaret. She was in Slaughterhouse-Five and Silent Night, Deadly Night was pretty much her, her last film, basically. Because she was so traumatized by it? <laughs> I mean, a lot of people will, but we'll, we'll be, but we'll get to it. Uh, Tony Nero as Pamela, who was in an episode of TJ Hooker. She was in Knight Rider, just lots of TV stuff. Jonathan Best as Billy, age five, who now does, or in the 90s, sorry, did VO work for many animated series, including, I love this, animated stories from the Bible, oh. animated stories from the New Testament, and animated stories of the Book of Mormon. Wow. Yep. Danny Wagner as Billy, age eight. And this was it. This is all he did. Uh, Robert Brian Wilson as Billy, aged 18, who was in a bunch of stuff, but mostly Santa Barbara. Um, mostly the, in Santa the, Barbara? The, not the town itself. The, the sitcom. Yeah. Not a sitcom. Sorry, it was what it called. Opera, wasn't it? it? Yeah, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Opera, which we've covered one of our previous slashes in the series. I was going to say, he's in, definitely like, in a calendar somewhere. Yeah. And we also have to call out to the biggest horror stalwart here is Linnea Quigley, who plays Denise, otherwise known as Boob Lady, who gets pushed into Deer Antlers. Yeah. Uh, she, is, she is a huge horror stalwart. She's in Graduation Day, Fatal Games, Return of the Living Dead, Creepazoids, Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Ballorama, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, Night of the Demons, Nightmare Sisters, A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Pumpkinhead 2, Beach Babes from Beyond. And most importantly for me, Linnea Quigley's Horror Workout, which I highly recommend everyone checks out on YouTube, yeah, where she you and a serious? bunch of her horror friends do workout things, 80s style and incredible 80s hairdos and like, workout gear while like being chased by zombies. No. While, like, oh my God, it's fucking I fucking incredible. love that. Shannon, why are we not doing this workout? I mean, Fuck I'm going to have to start it. We yep. are done with class pass. Right? She's literally been doing about three to seven feature films every single year since this movie. And this wasn't wow. her first girl. Thing, Good for her. And she's her. still working now. Does she, she uh, still take her boobs theme. out and all of them? Is that the like recurring theme where it's just like boobs? She is known for really being happy to get naked anytime you want. Uh, most of Return of the Living Dead, she's, she's boobs out. Budgeted at $750,000, which is what, like $1.2 million now, something like that. Grossed $2.5 million domestic. Could have grossed a lot more, but we'll get to it when we wrap up the movie. I do want to say, though, so, yeah, what happened? How did this get made? Sorry. A senior at Harvard, who was that dude we were talking about earlier, Paul Kamey, he wrote this script called He Sees You While You're Sleeping. And he sent it to a bunch of people in Hollywood, uh, and it was based around Christmas. Uh, and these producers got it, and, and they both were like, this, it was not a good script. It was terrible. Uh, but they really liked the idea of a Santa Claus killer. So the producers gave the, a new writer $500 to write a new take. Yes. Well-paid writers. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, and they both about They're like, we took, five, we took $500 of our own money and just gave this guy, which I appreciate with inflation might be a thousand bucks. But still, like weeks of his life. I mean, so maybe not. So this new writer, <laughs> Michael, Michael Hickey, He's, he's actually really interesting. I kind of like him. Like, he has a lot of integrity with what he really wanted to achieve and then quite a lot of realism to the points in the film where it failed. And it's really interesting seeing where the 
second unit director who was also the editor the things that he loves about the movie and the producers and then the writer kind of going well that bit didn't work did it uh (laughs) he wrote 80 pages up until when billy snaps and what he really wanted to do was to explain how you get to one of these slasher villains snapping Uh, that's what interested him the most which uh, i texted ali after she was around watching it with you guys because every slasher series we do she's always like i just want a a film showing how the character got to that point yeah (laughs) here it is go this This is is what it looks like this is true when he wrote the, the, when he had written those 80 pages, he realized, oh, that this is a... Well, he, it was particularly when he wrote the grandpa scene, um, he realized, oh, this is a comedy and that it should be a comedy. So he wrote the whole script as a comedy. Oh, my God, that's fucking great. <laughs> and, and he realized he couldn't go too far with things. So he was pushing himself to go as far as he possibly could with how absurd it could be. He really wanted the kills to all be Christmas-style motifs, and he's not happy that all of them didn't end up that way, but that's what he wanted. And he called the film Sleigh Ride, uh, which is how it was for the whole of the shoot. So they then pitched it to someone who gave it to the president of TriStar, which had just formed at that point. And like all studios in the 80s, basically, they were all looking for their slasher franchise. It was how you built your studios. Um, You built them off the back of a Jason or a Freddy. Although... Freddie wasn't really out at this point. And TriStar were looking for theirs. So they were interested. And the producers asked their lawyer to go to TriStar and say, okay, they can have it, but we want to retain all franchise rights. TriStar said, no. So then they asked, okay, but can we be executive producers on all the sequels? TriStar said, no. <laughs> so then they asked for, all right, can we have 100% of the salary that we're getting on this film, which is nothing, on all future sequels, just guaranteed? They're like, no. Wow. So... <laughs> The TriStar basically, I hope I'm not misquoting this TriStar. His TriStar isn't it, who ended up making this. I think so. But a company they're working with ended up offering them only net points, uh, which they really weren't happy with. But the snow was melting in Utah and they needed to get shooting. So they just said yes. Uh. And the IP then went to Ira Bar- uh, Barmack, who was a producer over there, who then created a company. Uh, I think it was called Still Silent Films, which then did all the sequels. The lead actor, Robert who plays Billy, he was found in a restaurant when one of the producers was there. He saw him eating with a girlfriend and he went over to him and was like, are you an actor? And he was like, no. And he said, well, I've been watching you all night and you should be an actor. Are you fucking so kidding came, me? Oh, Shannon's going to be mad. Are you fucking kidding? What restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> I can eat. <laughs> I can do um, this. <laughs> He came in then to audition and they liked that unlike everyone else who'd come in were playing it like menacing killers. He wasn't because he wasn't used to acting. He just played it like himself and they loved that. So they cast him. God Uh, fucking damn it. In his own words, there was very little interaction with the director. It was very straightforward. It was like, go here and do that. Um, And Mother Superior, who, as we said, was an acting coach in Hollywood, she went through the script with him and helped him through every aspect of it. So she really kind of trained him up. That's really cool. Yeah. All right. That's most of the preamble. There's some interesting stuff at the end of this film, for sure, that we're going to have to get into. And at the end of it, I'm also going to get into how I've spent the last week of my life, (laughs) which is not only watching all of the Silent Night, Deadly Night movies, which is six movies, because there were four sequels to the original, But also, I took it upon myself, because I'm fucking stupid, uh, to look into the films that really, like, why this film became the big deal it did. Because it wasn't the first Father Christmas is a killer, like, Christmas movie. 
Uh, it really began with Tales from the Crypt, who did a f- uh, one called And All Through the House, which sadly I haven't seen. Then in 1972, there was also Silent Night, Bloody Night. Like, there's one that already had the title, basically. Yeah. It's crazy. And in 1974, Black Christmas, which is one of the staples of slashes. It's what Halloween stole many things from, and by many is still seen as the best slasher. And then 1980, they had Christmas Evil and To All a Good Night. And then 1982, The the Dawn That Dripped Blood. And then in 1984, the same year, there was a UK film called Don't Open Till Christmas. I watched nearly all of those fucking movies. And I'm going to give one sentence reviews when we get to the end of this one to compare them. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I watched a lot of Christmas slasher movies in the last seven days. Uh, Yeah. And I'm like watching these things. I'm like, this is 90 minutes of my life. So I can give a one sentence (laughs) fucking review. Yep. Wow. There you go. Good for you. You're fighting the good fight, Al. I literally do it so no one else has to. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I like I like this tra- I like this trashy beginning that we get here. We get in some kids singing a Christmas tune and then the title just fucking comes up with yeah. like blood dripping over a Christmas wreath. Yeah. I mean, I, my first thought was like, "Oh crap, what am I in for? There's children singing." Like I immediately <laughs> was in a panic, right? But then the graphic comes up and it's like, "Oh, never mind. This is going to be great." <laughs> it's going to be fine. And then we're in, so we're in this car with this fucking Chevy Chase lookalike driving yes. his wife, newborn child and boy. That's what I was saying the whole like, time. Are we in a National Lampoon film? Like, yeah. it's crazy. I was like, what came first? Christmas Vacation or Silent Night, Deadly Night? Because this scene is the same as when they're going to get the Christmas tree in Christmas Vacation. Yeah. You know, aside from it's how crazy. it is. It's crazy. It even kind of looks <laughs> like his cr- wife. Yeah. But yeah, she, she's when, a Beverly D'Angelo lookalike. come out? I think we looked it up. I think Christmas Vacation was 1989, so oh, well yeah, after. Yeah, so well after. Guaranteed they took they some notes this from this. I mean, honestly, this, again, this was a big fucking movie, but for reasons we'll get to it in the end. Yeah, just really confused me. But they're on their way to see the father's, to the grandkid, sorry, the grandfather to these kids who's in a Utah mental facility. And the kid literally wants to stay up and see Utah Santa. Mental yeah, facility. it's literally called Utah Mental Facility. Oh, well, to be fair, I could believe Utah only has one. It's yeah. a very big empty state. <laughs> and his mom says that Santa's going to bring him a big surprise tonight. <gasps> and she's right. Yeah, and the they dad's like just looking at the wife like, I'm going to bring you a big present tonight. Right? Yeah, he really He's is, isn't he? He's just like <laughs> this weird, creepy smile on the side of his face all the time. Which is a Chevy Chase smile. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. There's so many comparisons. It's honestly a little bit creepy that it came that far before. I On my head, I thought, oh, Chevy Chase must have just been big at that time point, And that's what they based the casting on. Yeah. Just because no. they thought that's what people want. So that's fucking weird. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe Vacation. I don't know if National Lampoon's Vacation, where they go to Wally World, if that had already right. happened. Oh, good point. Maybe. Because Christmas was it. Yeah, yeah. So maybe. Know. There's literally no way to find out. So they arrive at the Utah Mental Facility, which is made very certain that we know it is what it is because they zoom in on the signpost for about 10 yeah, minutes. Yes. <laughs> Grandpa is basically not there anymore. He's like you know, one of the people from Awakenings. They're just sort of sitting there, just eyes open, zoned out. Shannon's yeah. looking excited. What's uh, up? Well, because I looked up National Lampoon's Vacation and that is 1983. Oh, oh the year before there you go. go. There you go. So I All think right. it is because they have the same station wagon. They have the same in that movie. And then, and then National Lampoons, they double back and they're like, oh, we really liked what Silent Night, Deadly Night is, what they did with this scene. Uh, let's, you know, build off of that for our own Christmas tree scene. I think it's great. I think it's great. Definitely got to be a nod. It has to be a nod. 
So yeah, Grandpa's pretty much ne- not there anymore, so the parents just decide to fucking leave their kid with creepy Grandpa. Who's very <laughs> terrified. But not before we get, like, the kid, the Grandpa's not responding to anything, and they're talking, and the kid's like, well, then what did we come for? It's so true. Like, Great I mean, question, kid. We Great all have question. the same question. Yeah. But no, it turns out Grandpa's fine for some... Who knows why? Who knows why? It's totally unexplained. But he's just pretending that he can't interact, speak for like years, presumably. All day, all night. Just so the one payoff is he can freak out little kids. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Worth it. (laughs) So he speaks to his grandson and he really does not like Christmas. And basically tells the kid to run for his life if he sees Santa. Run for your life. Yeah. Which I don't know. I mean, I've. I feel like the implication is that at some point the grandpa was traumatized by Santa. Right. Right. And maybe that's why he's in this catatonic and only has like a moment of clarity on Christmas. I don't fucking know. I took it as like a like a supernatural thing where he was actually a vegetable, but because like. It was a. He needed to be the doomsayer for Billy's life. Right. It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah. It's a miracle. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get into supernatural grandpas in the next in the remake. (laughs) Yeah. True. True. Yeah. So yeah, and this is a running theme of the franchise. Let me just say for the sequels as well of kids seeing things that parents don't because then they come back and the kids like Grandpa talk, Grandpa talk. Like no, he didn't. Look at him; he's not talking right now. Yeah, but isn't that like kind of what Santa is? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all about things that kids believe that parents no longer believe. Yeah. So I don't know. I kind of like that. No, I'm not hating it. They drive back in the dark when Mum says. Grandpa is a is a crazy old person. <laughs> and then Billy's like, it's naughty to say bad things about old people. <laughs> this little kid is fantastic. Yeah, yeah the it kid really is, is great. This and this is he the looks like um, a, a little squirrel or something that was brought to life. And this is the five year old one, isn't it? So like yeah, this yeah. is the one who yeah. went on to do voice yeah. work for Book of Mormon and stuff. Right. Makes right. sense. Yeah, the kid tells us Santa is gonna come for her now. Meanwhile, we're getting some cuts to some dude dressed as Santa who apparently every Christmas goes out and robs robs convenience stores for $31 by shooting people. Right. Yeah. That was aggressive. Yeah. So, real bad guy. And then the family run into him on the road, which I don't... I mean, is this car actually broke down or is this just what he does? It's another thing he does to like... I don't... Yeah, I don't think it was actually broken down. I just think he's in a Santa suit and it's Christmas Eve, so he's hoping that people will stop and then he robs them or... Yeah. Whatever is about to yeah. happen happens. The intention of this whole moment seemed like weird to me. I was like, because again, he goes pretty quickly to the like uh, shoot to kill, right? He doesn't really fuck around. Whereas if he was just trying to rob people, I don't know. Yeah, right. no. quite that aggressive. Yeah. It doesn't seem worth it. Like for the amount of heat, right. even if you didn't care about human life, the amount of police heat he's going to be getting for one night. Yeah for about maybe i don't know 150 bucks is probably not worth it yeah well because he's not set up as somebody that just like enjoys murdering and christmas is his favorite time to do it he's set up as somebody that like has an intention of getting money yes yeah exactly because then he's disappointed like oh man just 31 bucks but he just doesn't really care but yeah so yeah i mean they try and drive away he shoots the dad the boy then runs right in front of him across the road to hide right. behind some bushes yeah, right. but somehow yeah. he doesn't see him do this and then yeah. 
watches and again this is a moment which we will repeat in nearly every single one oh, of yeah. the franchise films is watches his mum get her shirt ripped open yeah and then yeah he slits her throat which i just i mean not to sound like a terrible person but why even bother ripping like why I would know. you rip the shirt like i only like killing people when their boobs are out like i don't yeah i didn't really get I'm, this at first i was like is this kid about to watch his mom get raped because yeah. this got really yeah. dark. well that's what it seems like but again with this aggressive santa he robs convenient he like shoots people for 31 dollars. he doesn't really like follow through with thematically the concept of what this character would be doing like i can see if he stopped the car and he's like oh hot babe you know don't like kill husband whatever rape wife blah 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 like but he doesn't really do any of that stuff it just seems kind of sloppy just chaotic well but i think that's what he is and also like what mom is not wearing a bra especially one that has a new baby like that Uh uh-uh she's got she's got boobs that have issues at the moment (laughs) like Come the fuck on. Like, it just feels like, great, let's get the tits out real quick. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. that's 100% what it is. Like, the producers, even, yeah. they're very relaxed and open about it in interviews. They're just like, yeah, we're giving the audience what they want. And again, to be, like, there's, our audience are guys between 18 and to late 20s. Like, like, this is what this film's for. Or even early teens, but they're just not allowed to go see the film. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, it always means, like, I always remember this film as he rapes her just because of the blouse being ripped open is what they always cut back to in the sequels. Uh, but it's not what happens. Maybe that's his intention, but then she, like, hits him or whatever, so then he just gets pissed and slits her throat. And he's not- I was so confused when we find out that he actually slit her throat because the fir- in the initial original scene and not the flashbacks that we'll get to later, he just looks like he's holding the knife up to her throat. Like, right. lay still mm-hmm. or I'm going to kill you sort of vibe. And then later when she's not moving i don't know i was a little bit confused needed more violence more violence Um, well no i just i i think again i was coming back to the idea of why did you rip her shirt open if your intention was not sexual yeah if you were just going to kill her i think he's just i think it's just an impulsive stupid person so you know and we should be clear we watched the unrated version which is kind of edited in a few extra bits here and there for like five minutes worth of footage not all of it gore but most of it and you can tell because it kind of like cuts to grainier footage and stuff. But newborn crying in the backseat as we're left with the kid hiding. And that, that's last we see of it for a bit. And we're meant to forget, I guess, about the newborn in the backseat. Yeah, I don't know. Dis- well, I, and yeah. Yeah. Which no women forgot about the newborn in the backseat. <laughs> okay. That was yeah, all no. of our questions. We're like, what happened to the baby? <laughs> yeah. No. You need to watch Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 with Eyebrow Ricky. Uh, December 1974, we're in St. Mary's home for orphan children. Oh, it's my nightmare. <laughs> yep, yep. Which again, Memories. this film loves doing slow zooms into exposition signposts. It's just like this very... Yeah. <laughs> it feels like they didn't quite meet the criteria for a feature film length or something. So they're like, oh, let's just extend that. <laughs> Billy is a, just a few years older now. So it's an interesting little jump because yeah. they got a whole different actor. Yeah. He's in a class, he's drawing, he's, for Christmas he's drawing Sander and Reindeer just being cut up with a kitchen knife. So we meet Mother Superior, uh, not the one from Suspiria, but just, I mean, does every orphanage have a, or every Catholic school have a Mother Superior? Is that how? It, it depends on how it's being run, but Mother Superiors are pretty normal right. for 
convent themes. It's how stupid I am. I only know it from Suspiria. So I was like, what? <laughs> What's going on? Uh, Witchcraft. She does not give a shit about... But then we've got like a younger sort of hipper kind of nun who's trying to prove to Billy... lip gloss and mascara. Yeah. Yeah. A little sexy. Fucking hate when they put lip gloss on nuns. I was like, my nuns had mustaches. Right? Like these was, are not nuns. I was shocked. Like, there's a reason why they become nuns. Yeah. <laughs> I was shocked this movie did not get her naked at any point. I was waiting for it. So she's trying to prove that Billy's haunted by his past, which Mother Superior, for some fucking reason, thinks he knows nothing about what happened to his right? parents. Yeah, he didn't see anything. Yeah. He literally watched <sighs> it all happen. And we don't right. even know at this point what happened afterwards. So it's like, that's a long fucking night. Like, and he could have been if hiding had- from this Santa for ages. You remember yeah. that shit. I, well, that's what... Uh, yeah, well, and, like, th- all of them would have frozen to death. Like, right. they made... They make a point on the radio in the when the car is driving to tell you what the temperature is, that it's 20-some degrees out, right? Yeah. Even though and there's, there's a window open in the car. Right. And there's snow about and all the things. Like, the implication is that this five-year-old didn't have the memory, you know, that it, his memory wasn't developed enough to remember that. But, like, <laughs> please... He would remember. He would remember. It's fucking yeah. terrible. And what's really annoying is in the sequel, they try and do the opposite thing. <laughs> they try and justify how Ricky as a baby in the backseat, a newborn, would remember. Even though oh, no, no. oh, my God. It's fucking crazy. That's a bit too much. But yeah. a like, six-year-old would definitely remember however old he's meant to be, four or yeah, five. Yeah, five. Yeah, absolutely would. Yeah, so Billy, Billy's then, he keeps getting chastised for stuff and he hears a couple having sex. So he goes, you know, let's watch this for a little bit, which is another reoccurring weird motif in these, this franchise. A kid's watching grown-ups have sex. <laughs> Very weird. Uh, we got a nice, I like the keyhole light on his eyes. Get some good nipple yeah, squishing. Yeah. Like there's it's a really proper nipple squish. Mother Superior, however, she's not happy about any of this. So she desi- decides, I'm going to get inv- involved in this with a little light S&M whipping. Gets a belt. Yeah. Which she's kinky. They're like mid I mean, sex. Yeah. Yeah. Someone comes in and I starts mean, whipping whole... your backside while you're mid sex. Right. This whole fi- I feel like this scene is where we start like what this what the purpose of this movie actually is. Softcore porn. Yes. <laughs> That's really what this director wanted to be making. Yeah. We decided. Softcore Christmas porn. Yeah. <laughs> you guys yeah, you Katie, you sent me that text so, like we've decided. That this director yeah. just wanted to make porn. Yeah. He films them so tenderly, all oh, these yeah. ones, and it's like he focuses on very particular parts of the body. And again, the slow-mos come into play a lot. And I'm just like, this guy, this is all he wants to be doing. Cause yeah, lots of boob squeezing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, Close that's a on, proper, like, like, squeezing a boob. Not even just squeezing, there's a proper nipple squish. Like, it just comes yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. It's really funny. Yeah. Mother Superior is basically bullying into billy that when we do something naughty we're always caught always and then we're punished and punishment is necessary and good so he gets whipped in the butt for leaving his room um which the other Even nun though, persuaded him to do yeah. and then yep. she does nothing she doesn't mention it <laughs> like he's getting told off by mother superior and i'm like i'm gonna like this other nun you need to see her in the background going um oh uh, I should really let the the eight year old take the rap for this yeah, one. Seems fair. Ah. Well, we're gonna find out later that the young hip nun basically fucks up the rest of his life. So <laughs> yes, yeah, by getting him a job at a toy shop. 
because that can never end badly for a kid with oh, Christmas Oh, you just got me PTSD. excited. I can't wait to get to that bit. There's a Yogi Bear board game in his room that I'm pretty interested in, by the way. We should get in there. <laughs> <laughs> Looks pretty cool. There's a lot of cool peripheral toy we stuff like in this We have like six film. board games unopened in our house that we have never played. So How many no more feature board Yogi games? the Bear? <laughs> Billy has a nightmare, so he runs out of his room. Mother Superior, of course, is just like, <laughs> just there. <laughs> sees everything decides to punish him for this by tying him to the bed i know again With, i like, was like this bitch is kinky she is into the bdsm yeah she is into 100%. it she repressed a lot we learn it's christmas yeah, not only Eve. does this director want to be making a softcore porn he also has like repressed sexual fantasies oh, about sure. the nuns at his catholic school <laughs> for sure. For sure. well that might be the writer yeah. It's Christmas Eve. Mother Superior wants Billy to sit on Santa's lap and to behave. And the other nun is the other nun's not sure about any of this, and I can't blame her. (laughs) Seems like even if you're stupid enough to go, no, he's just got to get over his you know problems that he's got. You would not do this. Like this is just, it's just ridiculous. Also, there is little, no, there is zero talk of the nativity in this Catholic orphanage. There is zero Jesus, except the fact that they're nuns. It, like, everything is Santa. We were never, we were, when I was growing up Catholic, we never even were allowed to mention Santa. Like, baby Jesus brought you all your presents. You were meant to be good. You're meant to make sacrifices so that the baby Jesus would, like, come and bring you presents and you could share in his birthday party. Like, that was it. We were never talked to about Santa. So... I don't well, know where all this is coming from with them. go to a Utah. Just saying. No. Yeah, I don't know. I have no experience with it. Well, I don't. Yeah, not like that. I have no experience. So you're saying none of this would have happened at all? None of the no. Father Christmas stuff? No. no. I mean, no. maybe there would maybe there would be a Santa or something the, yeah. just for fun. There'd but be it wouldn't presents, be the main but focus. But it would be consistently reinforcing that Jesus is the reason for the season. Right. 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 Okay. Well, okay. even when she's talking about getting caught and punishment and Santa always knows, I'm like, this is the perfect time to be like, God sees everything. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. That's exactly how yeah, it always was with they us. They never really mentioned God or Jesus at any point. No. Um, so it's just interesting that he puts them in with none nuns and not just like, an orphan Annie sort of orphanage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just, just like a strict orphanage or anything. It's just, yeah, it's actually exactly. definitely yeah. all about Catholicism. Again. I mean, there's a lot. This right. is all about the trigger here is Catholicism and the guilt that's pushed onto you and being watched and all of that stuff. But yeah, they trend, you're right. They transition it to Santa rather than Jesus and God. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. Santa I mean, again, is the one clearly, and only Lord. There's a repressed, like, Catholic <laughs> guilt yeah. and sexual fantasies and all of the things here. It was just confusing because their mother superior is dead on. Like, first yeah. serious, all I could see was Sister Mary Cecilia in her face and her yelling at me and telling me, yeah, that God hates me. Whole other story. You doing but, anything? You know, was it like, was I was it like watching Cameron Post? I was though? like, it was worse than Cameron Post. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Billy's not happy and None punches thing. Santa in the face because, of course, he's going to. Uh, yeah, and it's, like, quite the punch. Like, knock Santa on his ass. Yeah, he's, yeah. like, bleeding from the nose. Yeah. And yeah. and then Mother Superior finds him and he's, like, crouched in the corner of the room, scared and regretful. And then we get a freeze frame of his face yes. just in panic. And then we skip forward. Spring 1984, 10 years later, an 18-year-old. Hang on. Yes, 18, that makes sense. 18-year-old yeah, Billy. Nice nuns trying to get him a job. 
And this is where we can get introduced to 18-year-old Billy by panning up him. Yeah. <laughs> From, like, the feet Bow, up. Chicka, wow, wow. He's a tremendously jacked, handsome, massive fucking dude with a shit-eating mm-hmm. soap opera grin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, so, yeah, he starts working at this toy store. And then we get this incredible song. This incredible it's song. Ma- as we montage, montage to this him montage. working. It, this is my favorite part of every movie we have watched so far. This 80s montage. It is my favorite thing we have encountered in these slasher films. I don't this thing blame is you. like the opening <laughs> to a full hot like to a sitcom yeah. that's yeah. what it looks like it, sh- it looks like they're gonna pause and it's gonna be like starring yeah and then he's gonna like <laughs> yeah. lift up a box and yeah it's... at one point he's putting a mr potato head together oh and God. i am into he's like it. picking the little girl up so she can reach a toy on the <laughs> show i like it's the great. bit where he's oh, offered a best. beer but he's like no i've got milk because <laughs> i'm a good boy yeah <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. And then it culminates with him seeing the happy Christmas banner and he just starts to twitch uncontrollably. Right? I know. Just shuts down. Hulk smash. Hulk smash. (laughs) It's happening again. Yeah. Every year, dude. Why are you working at a toy store? Maybe not the best idea. And we yeah. set up that yeah, him and this sure. this coworker girl have got like a thing for each other, but aren't doing anything about it yet. I wrote down off after this song finished. I wrote down I kind of love this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just so yeah, great. yeah, a hundred percent. It's the right side of just cheesy and stupid. But yeah, he's got another coworker who keeps telling Billy he's a fucking asshole. Uh, the closer it gets to Christmas. He used to be all right a couple of months ago when he started working there, which makes no sense because it just said he started working in spring and now it's Christmas, right. but whatever. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, they, so they've got someone to dress the Santa in the store and Billy starts getting flashbacks of the killer Santa looking for him. So we start to learn a little bit more. And in my head, I'm like, oh, okay, there's going to be more to that night that we didn't get to see that they're gradually going to like trickle out to us throughout the film. But no, it's basically Santa looking for him which we come back to a couple more times and then we don't get any more explanation for anything else that happened. I'm thinking that the mean Santa was actually blind or had cataracts or something because Billy is behind the <laughs> Two most branches. sparsely foliaged brush I've ever seen and can clearly see the Santa and the Santa can clearly see him but does not find him. Yeah, Billy's having dreams about getting on with the toy store girl. Uh, yeah. But then Santa comes and, and with his hairy, hairy, hairy butt. ass. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> Hairiest butt. Uh, but also, like, this makes... no. Like, this is where I'm like, okay, great. This director just wants to make a porn. There's <laughs> he no really reason for does. this scene. And it's, like, so kind of, like, loving and tender of just, like, yeah. soft touches. So yeah. sweet, We're just, like, softly soft. caressing each other and lying here naked. Those people like, are making love. Those people are not having oh, sex. Oh, yeah, you 100%. See, in the sequel, when his little brother has sex for the first time, you get to see him lose <gasps> his virginity. And he's... You're like a grown man, as you saw in those clips. He is the most perfectly waxed buttocks, but he just like he's just lying on top of the girl. Like nothing, they're not moving. There's zero passion <laughs> or intimacy, and they just keep panning like down him in a similar way, but nothing's oh. happening. And we're like, what the fuck what? is what is meant to happen here? And then you cut to afterwards, and she's smiling. It's like there's no way she would be smiling yeah. after another the- satisfied customer. <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe she just uses them as like a weighted blanket, you know, to release yeah. her anxiety. That's basically <laughs> yeah, how it seemed. 
there you go. But there's just no point for this. We've already set up that like he's got a thing for her, right? It would have been fine. So this is just the director that's like, you know what'll make this film really pop? Sweet, sweet love making. <laughs> Harry buttocks. Um, Harry butt love making. Yeah, but Santa butches them in his dream, uh, and and then there's somehow. <laughs> somehow in this fucking i don't know if i've ever seen because at the moment here's the thing look let's be clear none of these are good movies like i love ad slashes very few of them are actually good movies but they could be fun movies you know or they could have good intentions or whatever this movie's not good i'm saying that right now it's up to this point it's not good but it could be fun and it's different like i don't like it's got a very different arc to it than most slasher films and i'm like what is going on because we're following what it presumes the killer yeah and then here they just somehow take this sort of but i do want to accolade them on that like the writer clearly wants to tell this proper story of here are all the trigger points that created right. this killer which yeah i kind mm-hmm. of appreciate that but then somehow the storm gets him to dress up as fucking santa and which, like why is he not speaking up yeah. You know, why why is no one discussing his background? Like you'd think as the nun, you know what's happened to him. Yeah, you'd say by the you way. You know this might be a problem. You would pull the manager aside and say, you know, maybe just don't push don't, the Santa thing yeah. on him too much. Yeah. You know, just let him he's gonna be a little bit weird during November, December. If his eyebrow starts twitching, this yeah. is why. It's fine. His mother had her blouse ripped open. <laughs> he gets very upset about yeah. it. Yeah 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 it just i mean this was a bit for me where i was just like yeah this doesn't make any sense there's no way he'd get in that suit but instead he just seems quite adorably just like oh now i'm in the suit yeah he's just standing there yeah. it's very strange and then yeah and then we just cut and this is fucking weird we come to this little girl on his lap who's like oh, yeah. oh it's the most awkward thing i don't even I've know what's happening she's just sitting on his lap and moaning as if he mouth as if he like glued her mouth together or something yeah yeah Yeah, it was very strange i don't know what the director told them to do to get this performance it was to make the audience as uncomfortable as possible that's what he told them to do because then he's asking her to stop it it's that much forethought yeah i think it's that like oh this is uh somebody that's on set's kid right who has no idea but what's she meant to be doing because he's he's saying stop it stop it but what's what's she meant to be doing squirming around and not being like He's just not even trying still. to engage her as like a nice, albeit creepy person. Like he's just being really weird. Yeah, which is just fine. But then give weird. her a prop or something that she's annoying him with. It's like I don't even know what she's going to be doing to annoy him, and he's just like stop I it. Know. I think just stop squirming. It. Yeah, but then why? Yeah. why is she? Oh, it's fucking weird. Anyway, then it he tells weird. her that he punishes naughty children severely. <laughs> it's fucking oh, right. It's, it's so creepy fucking as hell. creepy. Yeah, it is. Oh, it made me so oily feeling. Which again, though, it only this stuff I'm f- only fine with because this guy's clearly such a fucking just bread and butter white picket fence American guy who wouldn't hurt anybody. Oh, yeah. The good nun then rings up and gets the news that he's dressed up as Santa, and then Doom music just plays. <laughs> right? Oh no! <laughs> They've unleashed the beast. I knew I forgot to tell him something. Right. And then, because we need more reasons, they've given us so many so far, they give Billy alcohol for the first time, I'm presuming. Right. Um, I mean, I would presume, yeah. And then, because we need even more reasons, Billy's co-worker, who they've clearly had a crush on each other for months, 
and it's, she's like standing there just like fucking him with her eyes she just decides to walk right. off with some other with the asshole guy <laughs> go make out with asshole stockroom guy she would also, have 100% is- already had sex with that guy if yeah. she would have wanted to yeah this is the saddest christmas party i like that has ever happened so <laughs> this, like, christmas, this whole There's, christmas party what, scene that five starts. people <laughs> yeah no, maybe I six i love the manager who's like well we're done. Time to get shit faced. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. immediately it's like, let's pull out the booze. Let's pull out all the things. Yep. And what's great is you see the manager, his like assistant woman, there's asshole stockroom guy. And then like the girl that Billy has a crush on. Right. And then whenever they first show the party scene, there's two other people yes. in, in there that when he locks the door for them to party that are presumed to be like, Locked Other in. people at the party locked in with them, and we just never see them again. <laughs> they like climbed out a window or through a yeah, chair they're just or something. Like, yeah, this is not a party. Yeah, We're just, leaving. Well, it's clearly the director was like, mm, "We need to make this party seem less lame. Can we get more people in this shot, and then we'll just the audience will forget about them, right?" I did not forget. <laughs> well, look. Here's the thing that makes absolutely because they were filmed in Utah and they couldn't find anyone who would drink. Or it would even want to be thought to be drinking. That's, yeah, that's what it is. This is what's fucking like extra stupid about it, though. It's because we're gonna go like th- he sees this coworker girl making out with the with the asshole guy, and then they go into the back sort of storage room, and and when they're back there, we're gonna hear her being like, "Oh, like, you, you, why do you have a present for me back here?" and blah blah blah, and the guy's doing all stupid innuendos, and it's kind of like trying to make it out like she doesn't have any any interest in him. Which is then, right. as stupid as that is, it's like, well, then just do that. Like, have him just do a stupid line on her and say, hey, I've got a present for you in the back. You should come see it. Yeah. And then Billy just misconstrues her going off with him into the back. And then that guy makes his right. move. Having them kiss down these aisles just makes no fucking sense. Right. Right. What's, right. Other than she's just a terrible, vacant person, which then makes the next scene so difficult because she's just like, she's terrible. <laughs> yeah. 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 So bad. So, like, yeah, they're in the back. And then she's like, he starts groping her up, the Aso guy, and she's telling like, no, 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 don't do it. So then he rips the top open because that's what we need as a trigger for Billy, who's there like watching. He gets all these flashbacks boobs to his mom's blouse. Must kill boobs. Must punish boobs. <laughs> so she slaps the Aso guy. So he, of course, goes to rape her because what else are you going to do as an 80s male in a slasher film? Yeah. Um, yeah. That anger that somewhere. <laughs> Yeah. So what Haruka was saying yesterday when we were watching the sequel. She's like, did everybody just rape everybody in the 80s? I was like, I mean, maybe. Yeah, that's why maybe. we're where we are today. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know. Billy finally triggers. It happens. The turning point. Uh, he screams. <laughs> he screams, naughty. Yeah, <laughs> so weird. And he tries to make it scary. So it's more like, naughty. <laughs> Thank it's like, God, Hulk, I- see yeah. you grabs Christmas lights and then lifts the asshole guy with one arm in the air. Yeah, he's very strong. To hang him. And then the girl who he just saved from being raped, which admittedly you'd be freaked out because someone's now just been murdered in front of you. Just, she just starts like wailing on him. So he slits her like right up to her boobs in the uncut version, not in the regular version, I should say. (laughs) Uncut. (laughs) she gets cut she gets cut in the end so I mean are they both naughty in his eyes and it's just like sexual acts is naughty 
Or is it that they miss that well, she was being an asshole? Like what? I think it's I think it's that they're both naughty because I think he feels betrayed that she because he's I think that's the point of like seeing them making out because then it's you know he can see that like she does have intention behind it and also boobs must kill boobs that's true, that's true. so well, i really think that's the trigger is like because the mother superior punished both of the people who are having sex i think it's uh, meant to yeah. insinuate that just sex no matter who's involved is punishable even if it's not consenting <laughs> right right because I mean, they don't someone. know what consent is but there is a point sure. here where you're like we've been following this character so far so he's the lead but he's also the killer, yeah. which is unique. Like, sure, Jason yeah. becomes the lead, but not really. You still always have a final girl. Right. So it's very strange setup. And there's a point we think, oh, is he going to be an avenging, you know, is he going to go just go and murder, you know, all the rapists and all of the people stealing mm-hmm. stuff and all the people doing all the bad things on Christmas Eve? But he, no, we're told not because then he kills the person who was being raped in the same scene. Which that is, very is true. Because I kind of got excited the first time I watched this movie in terms of like, oh, maybe we can have someone who is a slasher, but only killing bad people. Right. He's more of a vigilante. Yeah. Yeah. But no, he just kind of doles it out to everyone. Right. I I do have to say we're 45 minutes into this movie. (laughs) Like we are, we are 45 minutes in before the first kill happens, which is a long time. And they had a lot of setup to get through. They had so much fucking setup. But that's what I'm saying. Like, this film is unique in slasher lore for how much setup this film has at the beginning. 45 minutes of Here's Why the Killer, which by this point, then you know, oh, well, now he's got to start killing. We're not going to get a protagonist. Because you can't introduce this protagonist now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unless you had one of the nuns, well, like the nice nun could have been. I feel like that's the nice nun is the closest sure. we get to like pathetic. a final girl type thing. But she's pretty pathetic. Yeah, yeah, and she's in like three scenes. You know, she's in very little. Yeah. I mean, do you remember but when we did... she is the one that goes to like alert people and sure. whatever. She's, she's like the Loomis. Yeah, she's exactly. meant to know his backstory and be able to talk to him. That's what I was going to say. But she's the she's Dr. Loomis of this. She's pretty pathetic at communicating as we're going to find out again. Yeah, In every every bit. slasher film had to copy Halloween by having a Dr. Loomis. I did. I said you can't introduce a protagonist halfway through, but do you remember Katie when we did the Rob Zombie Halloween remake? They because that's films two hours or something. Right. You get the first half is here's why Michael Myers turned out how he did, and then oh here's yeah. now our protagonist, and we're going to have a typical slasher film, and it's very jarring. But yeah, they don't do that for better or worse. He kills the boss. Not entirely sure why. Because of the drinking, I think it's because right. of the drunk. drinking. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is a real Catholic. I thought boy. I thought it was. Bec- I thought that's why they were making such a big deal about the fact that he is drunk and all of that. I but think now it's he's, he's drunk, drunk, so he should kill himself. Well, to be I think he's he just tipsy. One, yeah, he had one drink. That's okay. He wasn't like let's drink all of these bottles yeah. and get shit faced. He wasn't right. getting wasted. Right. Yeah, and we making up Christmas carols and singing them badly. Yeah, <laughs> we get him. Picking up the axe and hunting down, yeah, this I don't even know what she is. The the last uh, one, the most annoying <laughs> the person. The most in this annoying movie. Per- As a voice teacher, I was like, I'm gonna kill you, please. I was like begging, please kill her, kill her now. But she dresses presents up as her by putting a hat on them to confuse him. <laughs> right. So he finishes her off with a bow and arrow kill, which was different. And then he leaves, and then the good nun comes in. Uh, yeah, and this is where I was like, yeah, she's, she's our Doctor Who, Loomis, for sure. 
There's a cool shot here I like as we slowly zoom past a bunch of carol singers who are singing and they're out of focus yeah. and we're on this window lit up in the background. Which I think is actually the most ambitious shot of the movie. <laughs> it's kind of cool. And yeah, we cut to a couple of 20-something babysitters, including Linnea Quigley, uh, who are making out on a pool table because that's always comfortable. Yeah. Oh, it's the most comfortable spot. <laughs> and then they turn Listen. on... I know a girl in high school that had sex on a pool table multiple times, so it There's happens. There's no way you're a bottom on a pool table. Like, that on your spine is going to be painful. I don't know. I'd have to... I mean, she was younger. We were all younger then. <laughs> I knows? suppose. Do you, I don't know, man. Do you need to t- change the tense of your sentences, Jenna? Yeah. <laughs> um, they Especially turn on... this girl, because she is tiny. She's, like, all yeah, bones. So oh, yeah. They could, this could would be painful. Person. Uh, they turn on some sexy music we get more boobs and then this kid calls down to them which again r- weird repeated rom- motif of this franchise of kids just interrupting sex all the time yeah um, right and then so we've established he's babysitting then we hear the jingle of Billy approaching which I fucking love he's got bells on so you yeah hear him I love it what was the other film Very we just subtle. did with someone who had bells on and I was like this is ridiculous like a Morris dancer was it even last week's episode Fuck, the clown yes oh yeah yeah, the clown with yeah, those little belly shoes and go. things. House is already wrong. Yeah, she thinks it's the cat needing to be let in. So after after being worried the kid was going to come down and see them having sex, she now just goes upstairs and goes, yeah, I'll just keep my boobs out. Yeah, <laughs> Where the 100%. Kid just was. I like that she takes the time to put on the world's <laughs> tiniest shorts, but not to like put on a top at yep. all. So she I goes also over- love the boyfriend's line of two ball in the corner pocket. Yeah. We were all, all the girls were like, no, that's those, not how it works. That is not where those go. You stop. Yeah. Please you don't try it. to put your balls Please, in Is me. that what your plan is? Because I'm not doing any of this. Then. Yeah. No, no. That's, that should have been the like, what? Uh, we're done now. <laughs> I have to go let the cat in. Oh, yeah. I might be back. Yeah. So, so we can't. Um, so we get to lead into what is the most famous scene for many obvious reasons in this friend, in this uh, film. As Billy appears with a punish. Uh, <laughs> yes. Out of fucking nowhere. Yes. How he knows this is happening, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, Maybe he was he just walking by and then sees her open the front door without a top on. <laughs> and he's fair. like, that one. <laughs> she seems maybe up to no good. Uh, yeah, classic scene as he throws the axe at her and then grabs her, lifts her up. She does fucking great screaming, fighting uh, and then he mounts her onto these antlers in the wall. As neither her boyfriend downstairs or the kid upstairs right? come to investigate Nobody any does. of this. Well, the boyfriend has music on, so that's yeah. why he can't hear. Right. But, but I like, just want to point out why they didn't make the this antler mount maybe just a foot lower on the wall. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Because isn't it? it's almost like Billy lifts her up and then he's like, oh shit, that's higher than I thought. And he kind of hikes up a little bit further on her waist so that he can plant her so that it'll make sense. It's because when visually. you're making this kind of movie, you, you you have, oh, our friend has this house. It's got antlers. Perfect. We'll, we'll do that. You're not allowed to move anything. <laughs> it's, why when yeah. we get to the, it's why when we get to the remake, there might be a bit where I'm like, why is no one screaming when they're outside and being chased? It's probably because they didn't oh. want to let people know they're shooting a movie. <laughs> That's know? true. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. That makes 100%. a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So the boyfriend heads up because he's bored and finds her, has a little scrap with Billy, gets got thrown out of a window. And then we get this great scene where the little kid then sees Billy, thinks it's a real Santa. And he's fucking ready with the box cutter just to I know, 
great. Destroy her. Here, kid, have this bloody box cutter. Merry Christmas. Yeah, she promises she's done nothing bad, so he gives it to her as a present. I fucking love this. You would not be allowed to do this scene now. No. No. So now we're with a pair of idiotic cops tasked with bringing in Santa. And they sp- we have this series of like shots. They spot this father climbing a ladder into his kid's room and they just like burst into this house without a warrant or anything. Right? Without they just anything. walk in. They just walk in her Guns house. Guns drawn. The mother's just sitting there watching TV like, what? what's happening? No, just the dad. Yep. Yep. So yeah, so it's kind of weird. I mean, I don't know, but again, just going back to that, this is the point where I was like, okay, this is the movie now. Is we going to cut to different people being killed? Which is, yeah, I mean, it's a slasher film, but it's weird because it's like I'm on not necessarily Billy's side, but he's the person I'm closest with. Yeah, it's kind of like a weird version of The Grinch Stole Christmas at this point, which I'm kind of loving. Like, he's kind of just moving in and out of other people's narratives, and then it all just stops for no reason. Well, and for me, as someone that, uh, you know, doesn't really care for horror movies, the fact that, like, there was no setup to any of these kills and these people we aren't invested in them i was like oh great I can, i'm okay with this we're just we're just knocking down randos that's fine yeah, yeah. just like a series of skits basically yeah 100 percent. yeah, 100%. yeah we, uh, i'm one of the best a couple of teens who are sledding in the woods um and they hear the jingle of billy and then they get these two other asshole guys jump out who are meant to be only a little bit older than them but one of them 100% is a 35 year old man oh Oh, yeah 100% well and like to start this they're all excited because they're gonna go sledding like oh look virgin snow and it's like the most trampled so trampled (laughs) it's like they put all the camera crew and stuff in there and they were all camping out out there and then they were like oh shit this is the last of the snow you guys all have to move it just looks completely mutilated <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous <laughs> they can't even get the sleds down this thing because yeah. it's so yeah. bad it's the, the worst sled hill yeah it's terrible I've seen it a while <laughs> so these guys steal their sleds and it does look it looks like a father just chastising his son it's so yeah. fucking weird and, yep. then they, and then they're so excited because like let's go sledding so they go sledding Billy chops off one of the heads, which I really love. Yes, and this, this which is act- all I wanted from this moment. I was like, there was better really be like a batter up axing. That's all I wanted. <laughs> and they gave it to me. I was really happy about that. <laughs> I feel like you're changing, Shannon, over the last few weeks. I mean, listen, I <laughs> can appreciate. <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, I, we'll get to the remake and there's definitely <laughs> moments That's where true. I am not broken. <laughs> That's true. But things like that that are just like, it's asking for this moment, you yeah. know? That's, that's why you're here. fun. The actors freak out at this is also amazing. He just screams his fucking head off at this, this yeah, he does. decapitated buddy. Yeah. So the nun he screams learns, his head off at the decapitated body. There you go. Very nice. Um, the nun learns that there have been more killings. She has this great conversation with the head of police or whatever, and it's just so stupid. <laughs> They're just hanging yeah, out. Yeah, figuring out what to do and she realizes oh my god he's gonna head for st mary's school the cops can't get through though because one of the kids left the phone off the hook so they i think that's a great way to do the like oh no the phones are out though yeah. but like kind of tra- i'm into yeah. i liked it yeah I, I mean they, at least they thought of it in any other slasher yeah. just be like send someone to the house it's like wouldn't you ring first but yeah, so like they send one stupid cop there who guns down father, whatever he is, who's part of the uh, part of the the orphanage, who's dressed Again, as Santa. Again, this nun does not communicate. Yeah, at all. 
Like she doesn't right. think, oh, Father O'Brien normally dresses up as Santa. P.S. <laughs> he's deaf. Maybe she hates Maybe him. Maybe make sure that it's him before you go shooting people. Because she hears him say on the radio, shoot to kill. Like yep. take him out. Not ever thinking it's an orphanage. There might be another Santa there yeah. on Christmas Day. I know. I was like, this this nice nut is going to have to say so many Hail Marys for so accidentally many. getting that father <laughs> killed. Yeah. But the real reason we need it is because that father is, yeah, dressed as Santa is like reaching out to a kid who looks so happy to see him as he gets shot, which is fucking crazy. Yeah, All is. these kids just yes. watch Santa just get blasted. The kid gets sprayed in blood. <laughs> yeah, he does. And it's that's great. because we need, because as we did with Billy, we had, what, what, six triggers for him to turn into a crazy homicidal person. We need that as well with his brother. This is Ricky. We're not 100% about this stuff yet, but we get the name Ricky. That's the kid who it happened to. So we're getting extra layers for him. Really, like, yeah, lots of lots of character layers here. As it actually does a nice shot here as well as we get shot through the reef as the ambulance takes Father Brian away. Right. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was nice. That was kind of nice. And then just a long time goes by as this fucking cop walks around. Yep. He's doing solid police work. That is what is happening. We are seeing a professional at his best. (laughs) We just wanted to look at all sides of this building. Yeah, really, really thoroughly sags here and i was so happy watching like making of the interviews that the writer feels the same way about this part he's like the whole movie kind of doesn't work during this bit but he felt it picks up again afterwards whereas the editor who is also the second unit director fucking loves this bit he's like this is where of it course. gets to be a real movie and it what? slows yeah. down and you know it has like tension get back to chopping off people's heads on sleds billy uses his bloody axe to chop a snowman's head off for no reason other than it's a great Punish. shot Punish. <laughs> What the Maybe fuck he's does a punishing him for being a terrible snowman, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's he a cool have a shot. Corn cob pipe, right? Mate, that's your trailer shot: dripping blood, axe, cutting off snowman. Yeah, done. And then he's about to axe Mother Superior in a wheelchair. He's in a wheelchair right? when he gets shot, and he just dies. That's just it uh, for Billy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but lost- there's this whole thing where he gets like awkwardly close to Mother Superior, and I was just thinking, about, like, make out, make out. This is it. It's not gonna. This is where this director can really have what he wants, and it just ends in like a steamy Mother Superior sex scene. It's He's like a culmination of all of his desires, yeah. right? <laughs> they both oh, are man. just like punish. No, you punish. No, you, you punish. <laughs> You've been naughty. You've been naughty. Yeah, I've been so naughty. How have I there been naughty, Billy? Be. That's got to be online somewhere. Um, oh yeah 100% but I do really like it as he's dying he's like looking at the kids and he says you're safe now because Santa is gone yeah which you know like it ends out his arc nicely but then the bloody axe is lying at the feet of Ricky who then (gasps) looks up at Mother Superior he's got the twitchy eyebrows so you know trouble and he just says naughty (laughs) and then the end (laughs) yep done and dusted surprisingly quick ending there like it just like when it gets going it just fucking ends pretty quick yeah yeah the whole movie is quick paced except for yeah that guy walking around the building for five minutes well i know people would find the first 45 minutes excruciating because they're just like just become a fucking slasher film and do the things like we're here for oh i didn't mind it i didn't mind it either interesting because there was so much porn in it i was like i'm here for this so many hairy Great, butts. if you're not going to kill people, at least show me boobs. And they did that. <laughs> they did do that. So TriStar opened this film in 398 screens in early November in 1984. 
They wanted to go wide two weeks later if it was successful. Because it was back at the points when you could do that and you didn't have to book it out months in advance. But then the news began to cover the film and it became nationwide news, which in many ways is why this film is still talked about to this day because it's, you know, it's not a bad thing when your horror film is seen as terrible and immoral. People Magazine were talking about it. LA Times were talking about it. Parents were terribly upset and would go out and pick it and, and uh, petition against like every single screening. There was actually even a group formed to protest the film and lobby for it to be removed from theaters, which was called Citizens Against Movie Madness. Wow. wow. Well, that's what like... This is the 80s, right? So it's Nancy Reagan's, like, mm-hmm. the war on rap music, the war on rock music, and the immorality. war on drugs. Like, well, and also there was this a huge, movie, like, morality crisis in the U.S. This movie, when it opened, it started in the Midwest. <laughs> That's oh, what yes. they decided Why? to start yeah. this film. So, what of course, too much upset. Genius. But yeah, we'll get to it. But Siskel and Ebert, for instance, they were so unhappy about it to protest the film. They actually read out the names of the companies and the director and the writer and the producers who were involved. And I heard somewhere that they actually read out addresses. I don't know if that's true or not, so I don't want to quote that. But I heard from one source that they read addresses um, and did this whole shame on you segment of their show. um, And then told them all. Was it just because it's Christmas themed? Yes. Yes. Everyone was just upset that there was like porn and Santa happening at the same time yeah and also they didn't do themselves any favors tristar bought commercial time during saturday afternoon football games which were then pulled almost immediately (laughs) they were like way ahead of their time is what i'm hearing if you did this now in present day everyone would be like this is brilliant you guys are so smart well the producers were were not expecting the christmas aspect to be controversial at all like because there have been numerous christmas horror films prior they weren't worried about they thought it was going to be about the portrayal of the catholic church but the Christmas thing was what really rubbed people the wrong way. And I think because the way it was promoted at that point, it makes people think it's in that time. And I think there are still people like it now where they think, oh, could they do it now with video games more than, you know, than horror movies? But where they think, oh, this is aimed at kids because there are kids in it or because it's, you know, Father Christmas and that's a kid concept or whatever. And this is not a movie for right. kids, <laughs> to be no. clear. Like horror films are not no. meant to be. But yeah, what's really so interesting... It's like when we had to tell people that you weren't supposed to take your kid to see Deadpool. Like, yeah, it's, it's fucking just terrible. common sense. Yeah. yeah. Just don't be an idiot. But it opened the same weekend as A Nightmare on Elm Street. And it outgrossed A Nightmare on Elm Street in its first weekend. Wow. Uh, now, partly because it was Whoa. playing in more than twice as many theaters as Nightmare on Elm Street, but it was booked for almost twice as many. Sorry, more than twice. Uh, by the second weekend, the gross fell by 45% because of all the petitioning, uh, because everyone being pissed, and then it was pulled just two weeks into its run, which is why I said it could have made, potentially, a lot more money if TriStar had kept going with it, but TriStar pulled it. Because everyone they talked to afterwards, obviously, people who've loved this movie for decades later, they're like, yeah, as soon as I fucking heard like everyone, how much everyone hated this movie for what it was doing, I wanted to go see it. It's like, great marketing. But then the home video market was beginning to explode at that point, so... These slasher films are doing well on the VHS market. Robert Wilson, who plays Billy, said he felt so ashamed of the controversy that he told his friends and family to all avoid ever seeing the film. And it took him 20 years later, they went to the the New Beverly in Hollywood uh, to see the film in an anniversary screening. And he turned up and there's like a crowd around the block to get in to see it. And he sat in there and watched it with this crowd who were just like hooting and hollering and enjoying the film and having fun with it. 
and that's when he suddenly realized the kind of weird gift that the film had been to the horror uh, to the horror uh, crowd and he's been back in it ever since if you go on imdb now you'll see him as billy from the film is his imdb photo and stuff like yeah. that. yeah an extra fun little thing is mickey rooney was a vocal accuser of this film a huge vocal accuser of it he would later oh, really? on star in silent night deadly night five the toy maker in 1990 what what that's crazy and some people think that it was maybe just called the toy maker when they were shooting it just to fuck him over and then they changed they like added the silent night day but night later so he didn't know about it but that's so funny i mean listen mickey rooney made some poor choices in his career so you know i don't feel bad it took 28 years for a remake to happen which was 28 21 years since the last sequel uh but between that time they had silent night deadly night part two Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 3, which is called Better Watch Out. And then Silent... Which actually was the name of this film at one point. And then Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, which was called Initiation. And in some territories, just bugs. Uh. And then Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, Part 5. Have I got those two the right way around? Hang on. Which was called... Sorry, I'm doing this bit from memory. The Yeah, The Toy Maker. I watched all of these fuckers... So let me just say straight off the bat, three, four, five, just forget about them. <laughs> just don't even bother going there. Silent Night, Dead Night 3 is seen by many as maybe the worst one. Better watch out. It's just very po-faced. It's, it's got, it's got like, um, they start bringing supernatural sort of elements. The killer, Ricky, I believe, from the sequel one, he's in it, but played by Bill Mosley, who's quite a horror stalwart. And he's got this terrible glass dome where they've kind of done they've taken off his skull so his brain's exposed but then they put a glass dome over it and there's just like blood washing around. it's horrible and really just grimy and stupid and then they play the film like a drama almost but with this stupid and he's wearing like a beanie over it at one point with bolts sticking out it's just really i don't know it's not great then i don't really i mean it's not the worst i've seen much much worse there is some it's fine it's just boring then silent night deadly night four which is the initiation or bugs goes into witchcrafty stuff and really has very little to do with anything to do with this stuff and it's it's more kind of like looking i mean four and five are both kind of like halloween three in a way you know it's just like different episodes and 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 stuff and this is this girl sorry i'm trying to remember this girl yeah there's a lot of bug horror like cockroach horror but it does a kind of suspiria thing as well there's like it's a homeless guy she gets impregnated by this bug and then she finds out about this witch coven of women it's actually weirdly i think you could watch it as a very female empowerment film because there's a lot of men are putting women down all the way through the film and the whole film's actually about this secret coven of women who have all these powers and do all this crazy shit and and this cockroach like i do think there's a commentary going on if anybody wanted to waste the time of really like dissecting it I think they actually had something to say. And there's a couple of nice shots. Like there's a bit where she's lying on the ground in a in a in a park and she's looking up at the trees and the branches of the trees make this woman's face. But this is like before CGI stuff, you know. And it's actually kind of cool. It's like this surreal beautiful imagery. So like there are some ideas in there, but it's just really dull and then yeah, when it does get to the horror like it ends in this horrible kind of birthing scene of just horrible insect stuff it's not nice um pass didn't like that no no thank you no thank you (laughs) 
And then there was Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toy Maker, which I know some people enjoy this because it's just so fucking stupid. It's like this Santa guy whose toys are possessed, essentially, and kill people. Uh, but they had no budget. So it's just crazy things happening with plastic toys. Um, and it's kind of, it's quite violent, actually, when it when it does stuff. All of those, I would say, dismiss. If you're going to watch one of the sequels, you want to watch Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2, which is more famous than the first one. And oh, the, really? And it's more famous for three reasons. Number one, it uses, and I'm not exaggerating, 30 minutes of the original film's footage in Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Oh, my God, that's amazing. So... Those bits I sent you guys of like him being, it's Ricky, his brother, you know, growing up talking to this therapist. You then get for the first half an hour of the movie or just over that, him doing these little scenes and it's him recanting what happened in the first film. So you don't ever need to watch Silent Night, Deadly Night. You can just watch part two. And the first half an hour will cut you through all of it quicker, which for some people, they're like, it's much better because it's a quicker way of getting through it. I'm going to say, I don't know if I agree with that. I actually, it, it cuts out the music montage, which is the best bit in Silent Night, Deadly Night. Absolutely. A hundred percent. You can't, like, that movie is trash without that music montage. Exactly. Um, and you Plus definitely don't I feel don't like have it would bother me to think that that baby would remember everything that clearly. No, it's, it's, it's all nonsense. Um, it would bother my head. And yeah, you definitely don't feel as much sympathy for Billy, but yeah, it gets, it's very weird. It's like a recap of the entire, so when I watched it with Haruka, she's like, oh, do I need to have seen the first one? I was like, no, because you're literally about to watch the first one, Yeah. but on fast forward. And then half an hour into it, um, or a bit longer, it gets into the new film with Ricky. So the other two reasons it's really famous is one, it created the meme Garbage Day, which is... (laughs) <laughs> quite a big one and definitely if you don't know it people should go on youtube and at least watch the clip of him doing garbage day which is phenomenal and it's going to be called back to in the remake we're about to talk about because it's yeah the legacy of this entire franchise is garbage day and number two is, sorry number three is it's it's known in the horror world because of this fucking guy who plays ricky who is sensational yeah the best actor of all time he eyebrow acts and that's what he's known for is his eyebrow acting in this unlike anything you've ever seen to a point where he wiggles it more than there are syllables in the words he's saying it's just (laughs) incredible and if you're watching it by yourself you'll probably enjoy it if you're watching it with friends you will have a great time if you're watching it with friends with alcohol in the room it's gonna be you're gonna have a fantastic night (laughs) just yeah (laughs) a definite recommend is part two do I think it's better than the first one? I actually think no. It's not a better film than the first one, but it's definitely a more fun film uh, to watch, for sure. He just he, for the second half of the film, he's just cackling like a maniac. It's absolutely crazy. Only he's lost energy to laugh, so he'll just walk into a room, turn, and then just be like, ah! <laughs> and then just walk off again. And you can watch a stuntman nearly get hit by a car, which is pretty oh, terrifying shit. you have oh, to like God. step just okay. out of the way in time and then you can see it nearly touches his shoulder as it flips oh that's terrifying fucking crazy so yeah they're those ones but we're not going to talk about them we're going to talk about the remake but before we do that shannon yeah dear bingo keeper yeah how so, many silent night deadly off? night the original ticked off it's a little bit questionable so we'll go through it but it 
maybe eight boxes. We might dumb it down to seven. So we'll go through it. So not that many boxes. I mean, they just repeated some of the boxes over and over again, i.e. boobs. But so it it checks off. The slut dies, right? You know, that seems clear. Someone dies in the midst of or directly before sex. Yelp. Oh, no, the phones are dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, that seemed cool. Uh, boobs profusely. <laughs> Uh, the insinuation that drinking and partying gets you killed, religious imagery. Uh, a yeah, bit. those do you doubling yep. down on like. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. A foreboding story that literally gives the movie away, which is a little bit back and because there's no one that's really like telling the foreboding story, but we have so much of like yeah, what we're pre- like the whole well the four, first forty five I think is kind of that as well because that's yeah. even before oh, yeah, we've gotten to the murder and he's just like Santa's gonna get you. Yeah, yeah, sort of thing. He's literally saying what's going to happen. Yeah. Right. So. And then the one that's the most questionable that I'm not sure if we can really call it is like either stalled co- car or running out of gas, i.e. the Santa at the beginning that has like a broken down car. Mm. Uh, it's just not using it in the way that like yeah, you yeah. typically You're normally like the would. victim is in trouble because yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, either way, yeah. pretty low. Pretty low. Yeah. Which is yeah. Surpri- it was surprising, but not surprising. Because, again, this film isn't playing to all the slasher cliches, which is it's actually doing something a bit different. But it feels right. like the kind of movie that would be. You feel oh, like absolutely. it's the very typical yeah. 80s slasher film. But it's really not. It does a lot of different things with what it's got. It does. Uh, we're going to get into the how much we like that when we get to the end of this episode. But before then, we're going to take a little disco break and then come back and talk about Silent Night 2012. Prom night, 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 prom night. Are we in the disco break now? Is that yeah. Yeah, that's the disco that's break. That's how you know the disco break is happening. Hello and welcome back. Now we're going to be talking about Silent Night 2012. It gets a 5.1 out of 10 on the IMDb, so a little bit lower than the 5.9 that Silent Night Deadline gets. Directed by Stephen C. Miller. He's done a few things, nothing really of note, but he's now directing Escape Plan 2, um, which is probably the most of note. Written by Jason Rothwell, DP'd by Joseph White, who also DP'd the film of the remake that we cancelled from the series Mother's Day. And music by Kevin Reepel. How the hell do you pronounce R-I-E-P-L? I don't know. Ripe? Ripe? Yeah. Ripe? 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 Yeah. Done a bunch of video game stuff. They cracked down too, but also the Cabin Fever, the uh, Cabin Fever 3 and the Cabin Fever remake. Starring Malcolm McFucking Dowell as yes. Sheriff Cooper from, you know, everything. Uh, Jamie King as Aubrey Bradamore from My Bloody Valentine that we covered a few weeks ago. The remake, of course. Uh, Shannon's favorite. 
as well as Slackers, uh, Sin City, Pearl Harbor, uh, Happy Campers, my personal favorite, and Escape Plan 2. Donald Jamie Logue. King, if you're listening, could you just sign a little headshot and send it to Shannon? She would frame it. <laughs> put it in I'd house. use it as a, my dartboard. She would love so it. So fucking bad. <laughs> love it. You so know how um, momentarily panicked Allison got? Oh, no, actually, she doesn't give a shit, but... She, she's been shit-talking the kid actor from the original Child's Play series for so long, and then when Don Mancini like, liked one of our tweets about Child's Play on ah, Twitter, oh it's no. like, what if he listens to our podcast? Donald Logue as Santa Jim. He's been, I mean, I know this guy from so much stuff. He's in Blade, The Closest yeah. Door, yeah. Paradox, Sons of Anarchy, Shark Knight 3D, Ghost Rider, Runaway Bride. And I really know him from the, the short-run TV show Terriers, which used to be one of my favorite TV shows. He's also got his own sitcom right now, or had, I don't know how it's yeah. still going, but... I think you're right. Yeah. He's a, he's a good face to have. Ellen Wong as Brenda. She's in The Void, Glow, and Knives. of course, Knives Chow from Scott Pilgrim. We will be referring to her as such. Andrew Cisson, or Secon, I don't know, as Deputy Giles, and Courtney Jane White as Tiffany. Neither of these have done much of note. Budgeted at five of the millions of dollars grossed 114,000 now a slight caveat there it opened in 11 theaters in the US so 114,000 is a decent haul for 11 theaters in the US um, but unfortunately when you look at it on a website it makes it look terrible uh, it was really meant to go straight to DVD straight to Blu-ray straight to digital but yeah that seems about right they gave it a little theatrical release this film, though, is not just a remake, and this is something I'm particularly not fond of in things, um, but it was partially inspired by the real-life Covina Holiday Massacre in LA uh, in 2008, which happened on Christmas Eve, which I don't want to go into details about that stuff because I don't like to talk about. I know people are really into real-life serial killers nowadays and all that shit. I hate that stuff. Um, I don't enjoy glamorizing that stuff or turning it into entertainment. I think you have to be very respectful when you're doing that stuff. Like Zodiac's one of the few films, I think, that handles it in the right way. It's something that you say, isn't it, to get extra publicity. I'm sure there was, there is a bit here to do with the history of this character that shares some similarities to what happened, but only 30%, maybe, or 40%. Like, the rest is very different. So I wouldn't take that too seriously. To Kevin Grutart was considered to direct this movie. He did Saw 3D and Saw 6. We're going to do Jezebel and Jackals. But he didn't get it. Uh, or didn't want to, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck happened. There's very little trivia on this movie. It just exists. Yeah. Well, that's, again, that tracks. That seems about right. I'm reading your excitement levels already, Shannon. All right. We'll just get straight into it. Then. Christmas music. She was just excited when she saw Jamie King. Like, let's just be honest. I just, I wanted another in opportunity. Uniform, like, no maybe oh my she'll God. die in, in this one. That's really, I was like excited. Like, maybe this is it. Maybe this movie will do it. She was in the Mother's Day remake as well. We could have had a triple bill of Jamie if we'd kept our original schedule. That would have broken me. That yeah. would have, like, that would have been the she thing just that would not have me. shown up anymore. Right. <laughs> like her just spending most of the movie trying to like cry is not what I'm into. All right. Uh, Christmas music. Anyway. Fairly moody. Like I have to admit, I've seen this before, but it's been a long time. Well, do we want to get into uh, 2012 Worldwide Box Office? Oh, sorry. Box yeah, office? yeah, we do. My bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I mean, I have one job, so I <laughs> want to make sure I do it. Aiding Jamie King. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, okay. So the 2012 Worldwide Box Office, here's where we are. I mean, there's a couple, oh, there's a bunch notable outside, like 
17, Les Mis. 16, Django Unchained. 14, Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> um, and then the top 10, Men in Black 3, The Hunger Games, Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted. <laughs> number Right? Uh, number 7 of 2012, The Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, num- yeah. Number six, the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part Two. Ugh. Right? That's an appropriate response. Number five, Ice Age Continental Drift. Number four, The Hobbit An Unexpected Journey. Number three, which I'm kind of surprised this is at number three, uh, The Dark Knight Rises. What? Yeah, it didn't do as as well. Like people were pretty down on that movie just because the Dark Knight was so good. People were unfairly yeah. harsh, in my opinion, on the Dark Knight mm. Rises. Yeah, I mean, I w- I get that, um, but I'm just I'm just surprised it's because number two is Skyfall, mm-hmm. which people hated that number movie. Number one, well. no, no, sorry, Skyfall. Say? Sorry, sorry, I was thinking of um, Quantum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and then number one, The Avengers. Well, oh, there you go. I mean, that makes sense. Avengers is going to yeah, trump it. Yeah, that makes sense. James Bond is going to trump it. There we go. So what kind of horror films are coming out when this remake was shuffling into we 11 theaters? We have Grave Encounters 2, The Lords of Salem. I really uh, don't like The Lords of Salem. Everybody loves that fucking movie that I keep meeting on the festival tours and horror people. I just I don't I get that film. That. It's Rob Zombie. Oh, is it? Yep. Just, uh, just starring collect- his wife, pretty much. Ugh, never mind. Uh, the Collection. That's a sequel to The Collector. I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't know that. Not the, not the book. I know. I know what The Collector <laughs> film <Okay>. is. <laughs> I realize they are two separate things. The Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, that's the remake. That's pretty great. This guy did the score for. Oh, no, sorry. My brain's mushed. Sorry. The Battery. Is- this is a very, very low budget zombie indie film. It's actually pretty cool. Um, okay. It's nice and indie. I was like, is this just a film about cars breaking down? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> um, we have Bait. Oh, it's a shot movie. Understandably. Uh, Paranormal Activity 4. Hmm. Hmm. 3 mm. was the best. But yeah. We haven't done... Have, you guys have done the Paranormal Activities, right? No, no, no. It's a running joke because every no. time we look for a new... In our group chat on WhatsApp, Alex is always like, he wants to do Paranormal Activity. And I keep gotcha. going, they're going to fucking do another one at some point or something. Yeah. We're wait, I'm waiting well, for them to do a new one. A series that you guys have done with Alex, Rec 3 Genesis. That's a different found footage series. And yeah, that was the last one. So go check it out. Uh, one that we are contemplating doing, uh, which is the Ring series where you would see Sadako 3D. Yes. There's like 16 of these films. So that's what's put us off doing it. Yeah. There's quite uh, a few. Uh, you have Silent Hill Revelation 3D, the Silent House remake, and VHS. Oh, so okay, so quite a lot of 2012. Yeah, a lot of found footage there. Yeah, and these slasher remakes, so 2012. I guess we were a couple years after like Friday the 13th one, Nightmare on Elm Street one. They were starting, they were dying out by this point. This is sort of one of the the latter ones um, to happen. So I don't know if it really makes sense, but it does make sense to go straight to DVD, I guess. Particularly with a $5 million budget. Like, if you want this movie, you can imagine it. Can I got to say, like, uh, this movie looks much better than I remembered. And that's what I was about to get to with the opening. 
Like you start with this like moody slick shots for a house as a guy's shaving while the girl's tied up in her underwear screaming for a gag in the next room. We see this suitcase with a Santa Claus outfit, one of them with a semi-translucent Father Christmas mask, and the guy cuts it, suits up in this sort of comic book montage. Our yeah. craft time with Santa. Yeah. It's like, don't bother Santa when he's crafting. But it's shot well. And what's weird about it, again, is, yeah, we're out of... We're just getting out of torture porn. We're really, like, wading through found footage. And people are back yeah. into supernatural spookies is what they're getting into. And it's weird, because those first few minutes, I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be grim, but quite pretty. I know. And, I was yeah. a little nervous in these first shots, because it does kind of look like that hostile... Mm-hmm. ugly horror oh yeah type and I, I was a little bit nervous to be honest i was sweating when it first started <laughs> but then as soon as he's putting on his suit i'm like oh is this a comedy like i really was jarred yeah. by what is the tone here and that's going to be a reoccurring thing for me throughout this entire yeah. film it's very yeah. jarring because yeah i think the, i think the mood works really well in this beginning i was actually impressed i was like oh this is going to be better than i remember it in his basement, there's a guy who's tied to a chair with Christmas lights, and this does feel like a sort of saw kind of thing, albeit mm-hmm. nowhere near as grotesque. And Santa picks up an axe as the guy reveals he slept with the woman upstairs, and she's got she was married, and we're going to learn more about this later. He's basically we're going to learn he's the, the deputy sheriff or one of the de- they seen a multiple deputies. Jordan, yeah, or J- and yeah, it's Jordan. Jordan. He's sleeping with this guy's yeah wife, and Santa's obviously busted in on them because he can smell smell them boobs yep. even though there's smell no boobs in the scene boobs. although we don't see any boobs in no. this first part so already I was disappointed I know it was setting a precedent for us the movie I was like oh this is going to be one of those slasher remakes where they yeah. uh-huh. they just up the gore and take away the nudity uh-huh. yeah not into it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah naughty boy he fries him eyeballs burst title card <laughs> I did. I made a little note here of like, oh, I bet Shannon's going to have slightly more of a problem with this one than the last one. Uh, you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I was happier than I thought I was going to be. Like, I was like, okay, this isn't great, but it's shot much better and mm-hmm. it's setting up a kind of cool mood. We'll get into why you love the way that this is shot as we, uh, all of those fucking light flares. Just flare, oh flare, 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 flare. Almost every scene has a light flare. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, this is definitely in that period where everybody was shooting the J.J. Abrams style of that point. I'm more into There are some where they're just filming right into the light. Yeah. It's so strange. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But at least it looks like something. You know, like so many of these remakes are just so drab and just gray. And they do desaturate the color a bit too much. They didn't shoot through any Christmas wreaths. They didn't do any cool window shots. And I think this is the difference when we're talking about the remakes compared to the originals. It's so hard to separate what's the good and the bad because there's a level of competency that goes up because of technology, because of training, because of all these things. But then there's a level of competency in a different way just to do with they're not technicians anymore. And they're not, you know, there's not this preservation of film and like worrying about every shot and trying to be artistic with certain things. You know, you can just get out there and have a shaky camera and make it look beautiful. So it's hard, isn't it? But it definitely looks slick enough for me, you know. So here's where we're introduced to our final girl, Jamie King. So we have a protagonist in this one. She's been promoted to deputy by Sheriff Malcolm McDonald because the other deputies disappeared. It's Christmas Eve and we're learning in a very expositional scene. It's a first Christmas without John, who we're going to learn 
really nothing else about for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Other yeah. than that's why she's sad. Yeah. I don't know if he died. I don't know if he ran away. I don't know I, if he... I think the implication is that he died, but... Because who would want to leave Jamie King? Right, right. She's such a little right. ray of sunshine. Mm-hmm. So I have a note here, which I can sense maybe both of you are going to disagree with, which is... Because as soon as I saw her again, I've, I admitted in my bloody Valentine of my previous sins that I used to have a crush on her. And just how terrible she was in my bloody Valentine was a stake through my heart to realize that. In this one, I wrote down, again, crush well and truly gone now, I can assure you. But I wrote down, at least she's she's definitely better in this than she was in my bloody oh, Valentine. Yeah. Oh, Obviously. yeah, she's, she's definitely better in this than she was. Like, in My Bloody Valentine, she spends the whole movie trying to make herself cry. And in this one, there's a couple moments where she actually succeeds. So I think she's proud of herself, and that gives her confidence <laughs> and to really, like... And then she stops crying because like... she feels happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we'll, we'll get to it. Snowflake? Snowflake? Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't talk about the snowflake. Well, here's where right. we're going to get the setup for the, cl- for the snowflake, because not only... Is we, are we learning about John's sort Such of... Such a weird story. I don't... <laughs> like, I don't get this. So we're it's learning that she's smart because she does crosswords and one right? of the... When she's she, supposed to be going to work, the guy's yeah. like, get your Can ass to work. And she's say, like, you know what I need to do is sit on my yeah. butt and do the crossword. Because one of the answers on this crossword that she's filled out is poof, P-O-O-F. I didn't even see it. Fucking weird. And yeah, she's struggling with the six-letter word for uh, shape. Is that what it is? Yeah. For a nine-sided nine letter, object. Sorry. No, a nine-letter word no. for a oh, six-sided yeah. object. There you yeah, go. that's what there it you is. Go. And A, so if one of the answers is puff and one is snowflake, how do we know that this isn't like the children's illustrated crossword? It's no, like, I paused it to look at it. We don't know that this is... A, I paused it to look at it. And it like New York it, Times it New York crossword. Times? Yeah. It's not. I literally paused it to look at it. It's all just Christmas words. Yeah. Uh, Other than okay. I don't know That's what funny. Poof, poof, poof so is. we're not really one. seeing that she's smart. We're just seeing that she knows how to spell. Yeah. Sort of. In one theme. Yeah. Uh, no, most of them are like four letter words. It's ridiculous. That's um, why the nine letter word has her, you right. know. Uh, she's like, nine I don't letters. know. This is a long word. I don't know. This it's one. like... <laughs> It's like the character, you remember the asshole in Hellraiser Inferno, Katie? The one you really hated? They start oh, him absolutely. off in a similar way, like he's really smart and he's doing ad libs or whatever with his, with his, or whatever it is he's doing with his partner. He comes across as much smarter than she does. Yeah. And he's yep. terrible. Her lovable, jovial parents turn up who are way too fucking happy and perfect. Yeah, uh, which immediately made me have a red flag of, ah, her father is going to be the killer. Oh yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, "There's her dad is straight out of Pleasantville. There's no way that there's not like something yeah. devious that he's tied something into. bad yeah. happened." We see there's a, just a fucking migration of Santas in this town. I have no idea yeah. why any so town, many Santas. I mean, they even refer to this as like a small herpes fucking armpit town of america or something well i think it's meant that that's their one thing like that's the they host this huge santa parade every year and so like people come and it's a competition to see who's the best santa and so like contenders come from everywhere but i mean they're not drawing aces here these guys are and i think we definitely have our best santa who's yeah the phenomenal killer Jamie, by the way, enjoying Christmas songs on the radio in a way that no one ever has. 
<laughs> like she's just like smacking her dry, steering wheel and trying to sing along but not they weren't obviously playing her the song in beat so it's like completely out with the song and later on she's gonna shit talk christmas songs because she's like yeah everyone's always playing these fucking christmas songs it's like you were just you were so into you were, that you music love them. <laughs> by yeah. yourself listening to them in your car maybe that's like a little character intimacy that we get as the audience with her i think you're giving um, her too much credit here <laughs> We we meet the mayor, and I love it when they do this shit in films. He calls his wife Mrs. Mayor. Yes, <laughs> I love that too. I think it's great. <laughs> Which I hope he does in just all situations. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Including nope, we in don't bed. even need to give her a name. It's fine. <laughs> She's just Mrs. Mayor. <laughs> she is oh, only man. identified by my role in life. Right. <laughs> what else could she want? And then we meet Tiffany, who I have no fucking clue till later is his daughter. And even then, it's very hard to stomach, and we'll say why when we get there. But she's, like, dressed in this little Santa outfit, showing off her cleavage. Yeah, we found the slut. (laughs) That's the thing. She's meant to be the slut, but then she's the one who's all ethical because she's upset he's putting another road in town. And and honestly, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to get more about that later. Nope. 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 There's so many storylines in this movie that I'm just like, where'd it go? Yep. Where? Well, I think what? we're supposed to be they seeing poof. that. That's even- why the poof is there. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're just meant to be seeing that even like the nicest, seemingly nice people are have devious plans. Something bad. Yeah, you're even right. in these small towns, so that right. they can have be punished. Like everybody is doing right. something. Everyone bad. has a reason to be punished. Maybe Katie's yes. standing up. She needs to Except she- for Jamie King. Fucking hell. She's perfect. There's a terrible little, what I thought was a preteen, but it turns out she's 14 years old. This fucking little Ugh. bitch who's just she's awful. being terrible to her mother and bullying Ignore her. Ignore her, her you're talking about. out of her hand. She's take my a- favorite part. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> wants her to take her to the mall instead of church. <laughs> yep. What does she want again? So that she I can can't get remember. LV, a Louis Vuitton. Oh, a Louis Vuitton. Oh, I didn't know what that was. I was like, I'm not even cool enough to know what a fucking LV is. I didn't I mean, know. I didn't Allie told either. us. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was Allie clarified it for us. Well, because also like 2012, I feel like that's when all those like LV monogrammed bags were like real big, right? Yeah. This is how I fear an entire generation is is gonna be. Like this kid is my nightmare. It was Um. hilarious to me though, because I said out loud, I was like, God, I would set that kid on fire. And then when we actually see her get killed, I was like, Oh damn, that was harsh. Like, because you're just not expecting it. But I also was like, I'm really enjoying watching this kid die. Maybe a little too much. Right. And then I was like in my terrified place of going, if we're starting this movie with a child murder, I am fucked. <laughs> and I was getting excited because I was like, yeah. yep. We're like, Santa's just turning up. He's just fucking killing her on the doorstep. Not even yep. shutting yep. the door. Doesn't give yep. a shit. I love the Santa yep. suit. I got to say, the mask looks creepy. Yeah, they yeah. keep his eyes in dark most of the time, Ooh. which is great. Ugh. I think this is pretty cool. Like, this is what I want: is someone dressed up as Santa in a cool mask, going around killing people, and the fact, yeah, that they're doing it immediately to this fourteen-year-old girl at the beginning is like, fuck yeah. That means you don't know who's going to die. All bets are off for that stuff, and that's what you need. Well, and that like no one is safe because it's only she hasn't done anything outside the house. She's literally just being an asshole to her mom. So it's like he just knows like he has yeah. this intuitive sense yeah of well and you, he's already and you, sent and them packages of coal so oh, he right yeah because yeah, that's the thing is 
immediately another whenever weird we meet the dad. That doesn't do anything. Yeah, it's like yeah. the My Bloody Valentine moment. I yes. thought we were in a different series for a minute. Which is weird because Jamie King's husband is the <laughs> yes. de- sheriff or whatever. And I was like, is this an alternate universe <gasps> of My Bloody no. Valentine? It's oh like God. a sequel to it. She's moved to yeah. a different maybe place. Maybe they're connected. It's and possible. maybe it's that her husband, because remember he got <gasps> axed at yeah. the end of My Bloody Valentine. So maybe he doesn't make it. And she took his job. <laughs> Yeah, and she takes no his one, place. But no one stepped out from behind a hospital curtain in this film, so it's garbage. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> there was no hospital in this. Well, he didn't leave anything for most of his people to be like rectified in this a hospital. <laughs> now, this true. sound of means business, which I respect. Now, <laughs> I don't know how to do this scene. Jamie goes to church, and we have oh, yeah. oh, the God. creepiest fucking priest, yep. vicar, I don't know what he is, that I've ever seen and there have been a lot of creepy priests in the history of film i've never seen anything oh like God. this yeah never. this is this is the creepiest priest what ever else seen. has this actor done i like, don't want to know i want to stay far away he has to be in some melodramatic shit like there's no way how that this, this is his only thing that well, he's ever done uh let's see uh let's see here because i have it up so just I mean, to be clear, like he's he's saying how people used to flood to church at Christmas and now they don't. Um, she says something about well, everyone had a hard year. We're gonna find out later on that the is it the mill has shut down or some bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, Valentine or my bloody Valentine, yeah. my bloody Valentine. They're yep. in the same um, town. And then he tells her if there's anything he can do to ease her pain, anything at all, well, while squeezing he, like, her shoulder, grips her shoulder. Yeah. And 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 all again, Jamie King. We've covered not a good actress. How the fuck you act against something like this? I have, I have no, no idea. clue. Because yeah. she's clearly yeah. been told in all scenes, take everything seriously. And yes. some of these other actors have just been allowed to do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Like, I don't really know what movie anyone is in. I know what movie the Santa is in, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And this moment would honestly, if I didn't know anything about this movie, which obviously we do, we know we're in a slasher film. If it didn't, I'd be like, oh, is there a supernatural pod people thing going on? Because that's yeah. the vibe he gives off. That's like, how it feels. That is 100%. true. Yeah. It's really weird. Right. Yeah. Everything is like way. I mean, even that little girl, the 14 year old, like, oh, yeah. A hundred times what a normal, I mean, the run of the mill 14 year old is going to be in a town like that. They're not going to be that bad to the yeah. point where well, the mom's like, like, honey, mommy needs those pills for her heart. And she's like, I don't fucking care. We're going to the mall. Like, there's right. nowhere in that town where you can buy a fucking Louis Vuitton. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> it's not happening. The mall, like, six hours away, maybe, sure. Yeah. But, yeah, it's not a, like, ten-minute drive. Did you find this actor, so. Shannon? Yeah, I mean, he was in Mother's Day, which is probably why is he got up this with job. with Mother's Day? Why is everybody in Mother's Day? What is happening? He was in Mother's Day. I mean, he was in a movie called Wild Cherry. Like, he hasn't done much of anything after Silent Night. He was in a movie. He, it looks like he played another priest. Because he's listed as Father X in We Were Children. But that's basically it. He, is he still working? No, he's not. Good. He doesn't even is, have a picture uh, up on his IMDb. Done. So, like, he's really he's really done. Mark Cherry's with, like, Tanya Redmayne, isn't it? I think. Raymond or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There she is. Yeah. Anyway. Again, weird. Yeah, she's, she's still really hung up on this nine-letter word for a six-sided item, which keeps coming back to Horner. Just to let you know, this is going to play in later. We'll get there. Kind yeah. of um, loosely. No, it doesn't and at all. Like, I'm so- saying that's what the language of film is telling us. This is going to be important, but we'll get right. there 
Also, have like, you noticed how much they love to do the upshots on her? Oh, yeah. Where the sky, like the clouds are behind her head and she's smiling and it's like she's a little angel. And that's how they're telling you that she's pure and right. smart and wonderful. Yeah. And it's yeah. just Everyone so else in this cliche. town sucks except for Jamie Kennedy. And you know what? King. I, oh, King. <laughs> ja- Jamie King. Don't bring the I Kennedys into differ. this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would be a way more fun movie if Jamie Kennedy wasn't it. <laughs> yes. Then we're introduced to our only ethnic minority, which is Knives Chow, secretary at the police station, and some weaselly cop with a cold, who just, in the most bewildering... I mean, the last scene was bewildering. Here's is the most insanely, highly inappropriate things about kids on Santa Claus's laps that I don't even yeah. know how to talk about. Like, I thought it was weird in the last film with the actual scene which is like is this a callback to that like what is yeah i don't know what it, i have no weird. idea because it made me rejudge the last out on film. it he's like what i'm just yeah. making a joke what not cool dude not cool wrong? so fucking he weird. Says something where he's like you get enough motion and warmth on your lap something's gonna come up no he literally specifically says hey like you sit there all day with like kids wriggling on your laps you're gonna like get boner basically and it's like yeah which honestly it made me think oh did i watch that first film wrong is that what's meant to be going on in that scene and that's why he's pissed off like i was just so i didn't get that no i didn't get that but it's so fucking weird and what's even weirder is you think of writers are writing this it's like at what point do you write that and think that should go in my feature film (laughs) it's i mean these aren't people it's not just like it's such a yeah. oh, it's fuck, it's fucking weird. There's so many weird things in this movie. Yeah. There's a hilarious Agreed. Santa who's making kids cry, which is uh, the actor that we like. I've forgotten his name already. Donald Logue. <laughs> that guy. He's fucking great. Yeah, he is great. He's, yeah, he's just like giving Jamie shit about stuff. Basically. Yeah. Well, and then we see that he keeps the most elaborate journal ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> She's just like yeah. thumbing through. And then she just up and leaves him there. After yeah. she's like, I want to see your regist- or your license or whatever. Never gets the license, and then just is like, oh, there's a smell somewhere. I gotta go, <laughs> right? And just leaves. <laughs> yeah, to you another line on, of children. Yeah, you keep Why making just the children keep- cry. Yeah, I want. I want to watch that. I mean, I guess it's bad Santa, I suppose. But yeah. I want to watch that. Yeah. Some kids visiting his grandpa and this and stealing money from him, and we're getting a repeat from the first film in a very weird way, where there's suddenly right. yeah. the grandpa who's. Yeah, same way, just vacant, not really there. Just suddenly starts talking. But his voice, he's not just talking weird shit. His voice is literally, f- like, warped and garbled yeah. Yeah. Like to demonic. sound demonic. And he warns the grandson about Christmas. And again, if I didn't know better, this is like, oh, okay, this is definitely a possession pod people something. Mm-hmm. Right. There's something weird happening to this town. Yeah. But that's not true at all. So what just the fuck? Santa. What the fuck is happening here? I, I I wish someone could tell me. It's really strange. It, yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's these like are the a things- paper mache of people's favorite horror films, and then some other people's writings, and that are like kind of smushed together to make a movie. I mean, there's like five different movies that are being made, and I feel like one of them is interesting. The other four are terrible. Yeah. I'm like I'm actually and just like these in- really crazy dominant characters, like even Malcolm McDowell's character is super oh, over we'll the get top. To him in a the second. priest oh, is over I the top. I want to be in whatever movie Malcolm McDonald is in. I want to be in his McDonald? movie. 
McDowell. Yeah, McDowell. 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 Yeah, yeah, McDowell. Yeah. Oh, I was McDowell. like, I've Malcolm said McDowell. McDowell. <laughs> yeah, no, Malcolm McDowell. Um, but I want to be in his movie. I want Everyone the else's movie. I'm not into. I am not into <laughs> Malcolm McDowell's fucking movie. And it's so <laughs> weird that the only real actor amongst them, other than Donahue or whatever his name is, but like the most prestigious actor here for sure is Malcolm. And as far as I'm concerned, he can fuck off. Like, I'm just so pissed I mean, with him for this movie. He's clearly does not give a shit not about this movie. I bet he looked at his line right before he needed to say it and made the choice that, like, fuck this movie. I'm just going to do my own thing. Like, he made the choice to make his character goddamn ridiculous. And he reeks of a director being too scared to direct his actor because he's like, 100%. oh, this actor's so far above me, I have to let him do whatever he wants to do. And it's like, no, you've got to rein that shit in, buddy. That's your job. It's like, almost if- like it started with Malcolm McDowell and then characters like the priest and some of the other ones were like, I've been in something too and you can't tell me how to do my job either. I can, I'm going to interpret this role the way that I want to interpret it and like it just almost feels like something that went off the rails and no one had control over it. Yeah. It's so yeah. weird. It's so weird. It really is. But yeah, anyway, Jamie's investigating the house for an opening scene. We learn that the guy killed in the opening here was the missing deputy and then she finds the severed head and the hand of the girl that he was having an affair with. And then Malcolm turns up, and this is where it really begins. He has, he literally has, I don't know if you guys noticed this, his own little guitar riff he score. Does. His own bass line. <laughs> boom, 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 oh, yeah. Boom. So do you know what this boom, comes boom, boom. from? I, and this is such a weird heritage thing to be carrying over. So people should go back and listen to our Scream series. Because Deputy Dewey in the Scream oh. series, whenever he comes on screen, you have this bring, 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 bring. I'm telling you, bring, these bring, guys bring, were just bring. like, remember that in this movie? Let's put that yeah. in there. Yes. Yeah. But you know what's it's funny just- about that? As we said in our Scream series, is that... So what happened when they were scoring that movie? Fucking, I've forgotten the name of the composer. But they put in temp stuff, as you tend to do, you know, when you're editing a movie. And the guy was working on Dewey's theme and it was going to be like, the score's fantastic in Scream. And then there's this very out of place Deputy Dewey th- uh, like theme tune. And the reason for that is, is that they used the score from, I don't know if you remember this bad movie from the 90s, I think called Broken Arrow with... Oh, yeah. With Christian Slater and I think John yeah. Travolta about stealth fighter yeah. <laughs> like planes. They used a bit of that in in scream in the temp and it went so well for test audiences that they kept it in and it became dewey's score for the rest of the series so this film is not only stealing from that it's stealing from something that was from fucking broken arrow and was just left in scream at like too much to the composer's chagrin like he was really pissed about it being left there it's fucking oh it's so weird and he's just He's telling her not... He's just so over the top. He's telling her not to play the hero. She's not equipped for this situation. Rules out the husband immediately for no reason. <laughs> he's like, oh, I've already been there. You just turned up. How have you right. already been there? And every time she's like, but why would they do that? He's like, murder happens for no reason. Like, he just keeps telling her, you can't know why people murder each other. It's just a mystery. You'll never know. But then also keep saying the simplest answer is always the 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 real yeah. answer. <laughs> right. It's so it, strange. It no I, I understand, Shannon, what you're saying. Like, if you don't like horror films, you just want to like. There's a whole different movie where everyone's as goofy as he's being, and oh, may, yeah. maybe 100%. it's fun. Um, yeah. And it's a parody and whatever. But that's not this fucking movie. So he's just no, not at all. I, I'm not a huge Malcolm McDowell fan anywhere, to be honest. But 
this is just a level of like I, he just needs to get off this movie like it's just yeah oh. correct i don't listen he's terrible it's not it's not that he's good in any way shape or form i just am like i'm here for the camp and the ridiculousness and the, all he's doing is bringing me camp and ridiculousness like it's a different type of bad acting it's a bad acting where you're like i actively don't give a fuck <laughs> yes and um, I actively am trying to tell this director and everybody involved in this that I am smarter and more interesting than all of you. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jamie King's bad acting is like, I'm trying so fucking hard. So fucking hard. So I'm taking this so Slash a remake from the 80s. Yeah. Or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Meanwhile, there's a dude and a girl photographing and videoing. And videoing. And some porn, like softcore porn. They got Tiffany there who's just finished doing a shoot. And is then it really this, porn this other girl. if they're just stand, sitting, kneeling on I a mean, bed? I mean, I think that's what it's meant to doing be. Doing nothing yeah. sexy except well, taking your clothes off. I mean, he's doing photos, which, yeah, in a traditional porn magazine, that would just nudity is porn. Uh, uh, but, I mean, I don't know why she'd be videoing it because no one's interested in that unless something happens in it. But what's really funny is, like, because Tiffany's, like, doing some coke just to really get across, no, she's a bad girl right and i just love how this photographer like the male photographer is so into this shoot he's like oh yeah oh it's amazing oh take your oh my god look at your boobs and we got our first boobs for this for the film so shannon gets to tick off something in a in a bingo box yeah but like there's a woman just like right next to him filming it just looking very serious like she's making art yeah (laughs) right like could you be more professional please (laughs) so weird Tiffany, though, leaves, and then our killer Santa just passes on the way up. I really appreciate in this film, because of the setup, it allows a slasher villain to just to walk by people in public in daylight. Right. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. You get a nice kill of the female photographer. Simple. Like, nothing extravagant, but a good impact. It feels violent. And then Boob Girl panics and then hides in the bathroom as the male photographer gets got, taking a photo as he does, which never comes back. They make a point that he takes a photo as he's dying. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. nothing happens. It makes happens. no sense. Yeah. But we also get that the video, re- the camcorder is still going. Yeah. Yeah. They just wanted to so, make which doubly we do sure use. that we were going to be able to like see something happening. So right. weird. And then we get sort of a My Bloody Valentine sort of thing. And she's not fully nude and outside and all that stuff. But this girl topless trying to like, for an extended period of time, trying to get away, climbing out the window, doesn't scream for help at right. any point. Yeah, goes back never. in to see if she can help like if that other guy the photographer has survived the altercation yes. <laughs> yeah because yeah. she's like do i want to jump out this window i do not want to jump out this window did you make it by j- nope okay <laughs> nope, we're going out nope. the window okay yeah we're and going she's out the already window. Yeah. like falling in the bathtub of her own fear like she's, she's taking care of herself you don't need to kill her um but then she, yeah she falls out the window again of her own fear <laughs> into the trash below Bangs on a few doors without screaming anything, without being like, help, right. help, hello. Not at all. Like, no. Just banging Just, on doors. And everyone is gone. Yeah. yeah. Empty town. Uh, so she runs into a Christmas tree, what do you call it? Like uh, parking lot. lot. Yeah. Yeah. And then a wood chipper turns on. So obviously you go check that out. As soon as you yeah. saw the wood chipper, Shannon just put the blanket over her head. <laughs> yep. 100%. Did you see the rest of this scene? Nope. She didn't watch it. <laughs> I did not. I, I have written down here, not. 
Oh my goodness, I bet Shannon isn't happy because this is legitimately fucking nasty and it's yeah. pretty amazing. Oh, it was yeah. a lot. I Listen. There was even a little bit where when he flips her around and puts her in feet first, I was like, oh shit. And then he yeah. like throws her leg in there before her. I was like, yep. oh my God. Yeah, yep. there's, there's the levels to like, I cannot watch this, right? And it starts with like, I'm going to peek through the hands. Okay, that's fine. I have my hands for comfort. And then it's like, nope, fuck this. We got to put the full blanket on. But I can still like see through the, the, the you know, wet weaving of the blanket, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Just a little bit. So I saw him chop off her legs. And that was like, nope, we got to go full blackout. And she'll block the screen, but she'll watch me and Allie's faces. Yeah, where she'll she's like almost as though she's like gauging our response levels of if she's allowed to be watching this or not. Yeah, and if I see Katie making faces of like ooh oh oh, then I know I can't I can't. And Katie will look over and make eye contact and just go, "Don't look." I'm like Shannon, don't don't look at this yet. Don't look at this yet. Don't look at this. I mean, this is why you're here. Like he throws her into the wood chipper so slowly. And you get this great wide as like blood's coming I out know. the back with the bits of feet and really stuff. Great. And she's in the front just screaming, still alive for ages as he's pushing her great in. Great screamer. And then his face just gets gushed in blood for a long, just slowly again. It's, it's how slow it is that just makes it really nasty. And it's pretty, it's pretty amazing, to be honest. It's, it, it is a good kill. And I'm it's surprised like it's in this film. Part of this whole film, to be honest, in my opinion, it's the best shot. It's the best acted. It like really conveys what she it's really trying to do, it. which is be in this movie that it's trying to make of the slasher Santa. And the rest of the movie just feels so disjointed from this because this is what it should be. This right here. Well, and I think the whole point, right? Like the whole point is to scare people and all the things. And someone like me that like moments like this are really difficult for me <laughs> um because i do i like imagine i can't help but chipper. be empathetic what'd you say because your family died in a wood chipper <laughs> my family died in a wood chipper but i can't help but be empathetic of like oh my god what is this character going through in those moments right you That's can't have a terrible I can't, way to go i can't help but like but I had to actively like coming home later that night because even like not watching it, knowing what happened was enough and knowing how long it the took screams. was mm-hmm. enough. Right. Um, and I had to actively remind myself this would never happen. Like, uh, like your you body protects to check you. on the wood chipper to be fucking begin with. Like, yeah. Well, that's true. But like, but what I mean is like, you would never be alive that long. Like he would have cut off her leg and she would have immediately passed out from like fear and pain and wouldn't have been conscious for any of it. Blood loss, you'd be gone. No, no, no. And for being put in a wood chipper, you're gone straight away. Like your entire body would shut down. Like, you know, you're fine. Don't worry. Yeah, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. But those are the things. And and to be fair, I recognize. that's not how you're going to die, I promise. Yeah, but I recognize as like that's what horror movies should do to you. They should yeah. make you have to go. Wait, stop! Hold on, this wouldn't happen. This is not how it would be. Everything is fine. Okay, and then you know, be scarred for life, like I am now. Right. Good. Good. Because you can wouldn't... have the scene of the girl taking her top off and the sex and the ridiculousness, but it needs to be coupled with this sort of, yeah. you know, yeah thing to make it the horror slasher that these guys are trying to make 
Like, I really do believe that this is what they thought their movie was. Yeah. I mean, I hate it, but I recognize why it's effective. This is the fun. If you're watching this in an audience, you're cheering. Like, everyone's cheering at this scene. I was the most impressed at this scene. So the cops are getting calls from multiple people now because murder is obviously happening all over the place. The mother of the 14-year-old is fucking hilarious. She's like, yeah. I deserve to go to jail. Take me in. I well, wish. And to she's also referred to as Drunk Betty. Aww. <laughs> Which again, it's like, yeah, I just really need a full name. Just Drunk Betty. That and was then, like, really know who she is. And then we just had this fucking, yeah, genuinely terrifying. Well, not terrifying, but genuinely like nasty scene in a wood chipper. And then she's talking to, is it Alan? Jamie's with her, isn't it? And she's like, don't go in there. No, it's Malcolm, isn't it? Because he's gone to comfort. It's Malcolm, yeah. yeah. She's like, don't go in you there. You can't unsee Once it. You, see it, you can't unsee it. And you go, and it's just a 14 year old girl with a bit of blood on her face. Like, there's yeah. nothing. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, a body. Because at that, even I was like, wait, we just went from wood chipper murder to you can't unsee it to like, oh, this yeah. is nothing. Yeah. This is no, nothing. I'm still thinking about Can the you last imagine scene. the carnage of that wood chipper scene, like afterwards? If somebody walked yeah. onto that lot, like, there's, that is gruesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, gruesome. So we get the throwaway line here because the the Malcolm's going like pawn drugs. When did this town become so sleazy? To which then uh, Jamie's like, since the mill closed down, which is yeah, all the exposition we're getting. Because you're right. The cop Jack watch or Jack from I call him Jack from Dawson's Creek, but her husband in Valentine's Day watches his girlfriend, who's the porn star, who then runs around naked. I know, just like this scene. He watches her in the footage because it's recorded, and that's then evidence later on. Well, like, I mean, it's like you said, they've just stolen things from all this it's stuff. It's just an alternate saw, universe. My Bloody yeah. Valentine remake made tons of money in 2009, which is the perfect time for someone to go, you know what IP we can buy cheap or already know someone who owns Silent Night, Deadly Night? Let's do a My Bloody Valentine to it. Let's put that scene in. Let's do the same vibe. And we're going to make tons of money. Like, right. just, yeah, it, 100%. It just makes sense. I mean, they found um, a much hotter girl, but one who can act less well, in my opinion. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, girl, in that the, scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The one to walk around uh, basically naked. So now we've got Tiffany and her whole group of sexy girls in Santa outfits singing carol songs while kids and their families. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. It's so weird. And well, the priest then takes pictures oh, of their the boobs. cleavage. Oh. I was like, they are really setting this priest up and as they, the worst ridiculous. priest. And they don't even have like the girls in any way just sort of commenting on it. Or like, oh, no. God, he's creepy. Like, they're he's all just like, like yeah. let me take a picture for the newsletter or whatever. And then holds the camera about a foot away from one girl's tits. Yeah. Like, yeah, you guys are not in a group aggressive. shot right now. Girls yeah. know what getting the right picture looks like from their point yeah. of view. I just, and yeah. I just don't yeah. understand any of this. Uh, it's just so fucking weird. This, oh, I, I hate I it. Don't, I hate yeah. this priest. I think your um, idea of the pod people makes this movie make so much more sense in my head. It does. It does. That's the it's only way that it, it's digestible. Yeah, but it's not me. that. It's not that film. I know. But if I didn't know anything about it, I'd be like, "Oh, there's two things going on. It's going to be a slasher film that then finds out they're invading. Like the slasher is in a town that's then been invaded in some way by aliens. Or sure. Which actually would be a great film. No one make that. We're going to go do that. Copyright. 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 I would be honestly far less worried about this Santa killer and just worried about this vicar. Like I would. Uh, like, yeah. Oh yeah. All the red flags. 
Yeah, um, 100%. Knives Chow is asking Malcolm if they should be calling for help. And we have this incredible scene. <laughs> where he I just says, this. no, it's Christmas Eve. And even if anyone gave a shit, you know, about multiple murders. Murders. Then they won't right? get here till midnight. So why even bother? <laughs> right. There's no point. Because somehow he knows that by midnight, this will all be over. Yeah. It's And in the meantime, Jamie oh. King is telling Knives Chow to Google Christmas murders, right? <laughs> Christmas. As she's sitting in front of a fucking computer. Well, right, because we set up that, you know, she's reading that article of the holidays make people crazy. And they keep referencing that. I'm like, that's not new news. Oh. Uh, so then the cops decide they're going to watch that porn video from earlier. Yeah. 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 Um, and then they get a quick glimpse of Santa just going, hello. As he pops his head Yeah. Uh, Santa goes to church. <laughs> There's only one other person there, which is this old lady. While this fucking has a heart attack. <laughs> terrifying priest just gives his sermon where he's screaming at her. And she's just looking terrified. And she's he, I mean, crying. For right? the first time, I don't disagree with him because he blames American Idol for destroying America, <laughs> basically. I mean, I mean right. Well, the poor lady, like her face is incredible. Yeah. And we again, we've seen him stealing from the donations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We do yeah. see the priest stealing from the donations. Which again, so. it's like you're saying, like, if we were going parody and just goofball, again, still hot fire this actor who's the priest, but do oh, something sure. with this stuff. Yeah. But this isn't the movie we're in. And then Santa, yeah, walks in and kills him and then gives the old lady. The 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 bunch stolen of bloody money. money. Yeah, for woohoo, forty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> worth it. Thirty one dollars, like the uh, original yeah. Santa killing. <laughs> ah, there you go. Uh, nice Tall circle, snowflake. Jamie's looking for suspicious Santas. So they will oh, just yeah. spread out. All I keep writing got, is Malcolm is in his own movie. <laughs> got, yeah, Malcolm's just it. interviewing Santas in his office. Well, Jamie's in a bar and finds the old foreman of the mill who lives in a motel now, so suspicious. Ooh. <laughs> and she asks him if he has any plans, and he says he's going to get his girlfriend so wasted she won't even notice if he fucks her in the ass. I know. I was like, okay. She just asked you a simple question, dude. <laughs> this is such a delightful town. I don't know why everyone doesn't live here. Right? The script. It's like, who honestly... Who the fuck is this guy? I don't know, but I hope I never meet them or work for them. (laughs) Jason Rothwell. Jason Rothwell. Come on, Jason. Fuck me, dude. Get it together, Jason. Stop writing scripts. (laughs) (sighs) Then he tells her a story that I'm guessing is inspired by the Covina murders. This seems uh, to be lightly inspired by the real events and says every year this guy who uh it's yeah he was basically kind of messed around by his wife and was getting divorced and then he goes crazy and gets a flamethrower and burns down this place and every year apparently this guy hits a new town it's the urban legend that he's moving from place to place punishing people on christmas eve um and then she chases him because she phones mr snow's number which is a number they got from the pawn people because they have cocaine and the police are so fucking stupid why does she do it when she's sitting right next to him why right? would she be like i'm gonna go to the bathroom and then do it from the bathroom and then when he answers just don't answer and he's like hello hello and then you know you've got him 
So, do they think understand. it's a cocaine deal gone bad? That's why people died? Or are they really that stupid that they're not putting together Mr. Snow? And I mean, I think that they think that it's a... Well, no, I think they're not putting together that Snow is cocaine. That's what I think. I think they aren't putting together that Mr. Snow is cocaine. It's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy. That they think Mr. Snowman is whatever code name for this guy that went off the rail i don't think they're putting it together that that's just their coke dealer because i feel yeah i feel that they don't think we put it together because they really shoot this scene then of her chasing him and then he slashes at her and then malcolm turns up and as if we're meant to think oh they've got the killer now and on imdb if you look at this film the image that they have up is of him as santa claus to make you think oh this is the killer yeah. Oh really? It's, it's like no one's oh. fucking conned by this. Like no. no, not at all. It felt like such a weird divergent story. I know you get more Malcolm McDowell classics like I'm on his tail now. There's nowhere safe, um, and he can't even spell. So they clearly the wanted to be a joke. Mc- best Malcolm McDowell line is coming up, and I want it on a goddamn T-shirt. Is it by any <laughs> chance? Don't put avocado on the burger. <laughs> You yeah. never put avocado on the burger. It's so good. <laughs> she's overcomplicating so things. And then and she's then in small stuff. And it's like, yeah, now burger. you're just putting hummus now you on put the burger. Now you put hummus on the burger. Don't put hummus on the burger. <laughs> Again, I could enjoy it, but not in this film. This is not I just where want it belongs. His face, and then put like disagree. Always put avocado on the burger. I don't want to confuse <laughs> yeah. anyone if I go to like the counter or anything. It's great. I don't want anyone thinking I don't want avocado on my burger. Yeah, no, I definitely put avocados on the burger. Always. Miguel's crazy. He is <laughs> insane. So Jamie's guiding father tells her not is he, that she's not the first Bradymore to bring down a killer Santa, which then made me think, oh, is this the actor from the original? So I went and like looked it all up, but no. We're gonna find out why later. She lies to Joe, the husband of the wife from the beginning, for no reason. It doesn't matter. And then Malcolm's saying some shit to do with hunting dinosaurs. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> About men and hunting good. dinosaurs. I don't fucking know so what's going on. acid before every time he walked on set. <laughs> it's so good. So Jamie figures out that they need a different Santa as a previous, I think this is it, her previous similar murders from town to town were in a different location from where Mr. Snow was at. Or some bullshit. So it can't be him because similar murders must be the same killer as these murders. And Mr. Snow is in a different town. I don't know. So then she does some her worst acting, I think, in this film with bad dialogue where she's like, I fucked up and I have to live with that for the rest of my life. Oh, God, it's so bad. It's so bad. I mean, the script's not helping because it's just not a character moment at all for her. No. Yeah. And all right. So now I'm learning, oh, the mayor is Tiffany's dad. (laughs) I had, no, I had no idea about um, and she takes a guy to fuck in the new guest house to which her father's like alright but make it snappy <laughs> I know I love that make it snappy have quick sex daughter I want us to all go to the parade together so make it a quickie <laughs> I mean I wish everyone in life to be honest was this you know I wish we didn't get grossed out by the fact yes our parents had sex yes our grandparents had sex and yes your right. children have sex like if we could all be more grown up about that great so, I mean, I'm the Immaculate Conception, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know, because he's like, yeah, we just redid it. I'd be like, can you just do it in your room? I don't yeah. know why you have to go into my brand newly furnished guest room. Right. Yeah. So he gets got as Malcolm is trying to tell him in this another ridiculous scene. Oh, don't worry, I'm going to stop this killer Santa. He won't kill any more people as he's killing the mayor, which is meant to be yeah, funny, it- I guess. I know, um, that's the thing. 
amazing. It's like Malcolm McDowell's movie is amazing. It's hilarious. Malcolm McDowell's movie is a fun romp. Oh, boy. It's something. And yeah. then we get all the Santa puns in one tiny scene as Tiffany's going down on her boyfriend. I'm going um, to lighten Santa's sack. So like, many. So many puns. So God. Many puns. But instead of doing what she's meant to be doing, which is giving a BJ, she just keeps talking. Yeah. And then I'm decides, oh, you know what's sexier than me in this tiny little skimpy outfit? I'm going to show you in my bra and underpants. Which obvi- and I have to go to the other room to take off my... Like, no, she doesn't. That this girl does not is go like, in the other room just- to get undressed. <laughs> Yeah. Give me a blowjob. That is what would be the sexiest thing right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. I want. But it allows us to have what I think is actually maybe my favorite moment, which is such a small thing. But like a boyfriend comes like comes back and she's like, how the hell did you get from the bathroom to there? Because she saw the bathroom door move. He then walks into the bathroom and goes, see, there's no one in here. And then the door just shuts him in there and Santa's <laughs> behind the door in the room with her. And it's really fucking cool. I really like it. Is this uh, and then, the first time that he knocks the handle off of a door and that's meant to yes. keep someone inside yeah. of the door? Yes. All right. 100%. I never tried logic. it. Maybe it works. <laughs> I thought it it's if you knock it off from your side, then you can't get out. I don't know. Yes. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because I've never done it. He goes, he does it a couple of times, so I would assume it works. If you're a doorknob specialist, you can email that. us at mail at weirdgeeks.com to let us know if this uh, <laughs> right. approach would work. There's no other yeah. way for us to know. So No, not at all. Not yeah. at all. Uh, the world turns to slow motion, and then they try to recreate the Linnea Quigley kill from the original, but nowhere near right. as good. Yeah, uh, no, The antlers bad. aren't as high, so <laughs> it's not the same. Yeah. But the boyfriend's yeah. head getting split in two is pretty cool. Did you get to watch that, yeah. Shannon? I did not. I did not. Because <laughs> there wasn't was much lead up. It just fucking blanket. happens. And that's like, oh, yeah, pretty nope, nasty. Nope, nope. I was under the blanket. And Santa visits the mayor's younger kid, gives her a blooded candy cane this time instead of a box cutter. I mean, that seems at least a little bit more appropriate. Well, yeah, like we cutter. said, you wouldn't be allowed to do that nowadays. So you can kill a 14 year old, but you can't give a child a box cutter. Parade is happening in town, but it clearly only had that town shut down for about four hours. So I think we get a very quick scene in it, which adds to the production value as Jamie's chasing the sarcastic santa who she's now decided it was him i don't know why really well because she had the she had the journal right so right which also was weird because she very clearly gives donna logue santa the journal back in the scene <laughs> where she confronts him right but now all of a sudden she has the journal and it just happens to match up uh that they notice in the journal that he was in the town where a murder happened that right, okay. Asian found. I was really confused with all this shit. Yes, there, it's there are all... rules to this alternate universe that we can't hope to understand. Yeah. yeah. That's it's, how we it's should like, just leave it. Hi, backstory, so, backstory, backstory. Well, and this is the thing, because they arrest him, and then they put him in jail, and he does this huge anti-Christmas rant about the promise of America, which is, yeah, it's a kind of a theme that we had earlier. And Jamie's just watching him listening, and it's like, yeah, in yeah, a better so film... This could be a really interesting moment. It's like your lead character is actually agreeing with the things that the killer's doing. Instead, she looks bored. Yeah. She looks and like we're she's... all confused as to why she is standing there listening to the rantings of what should be assumed to be a crazy man. Yes. Yeah, I think the intention is that she's supposed to be standing there because she has to uncuff him now that he's <laughs> she's in just the cell. Waiting. Yeah. So she's just politely waiting for him to finish his rant. Mm, fuck that. Leave him cuffed. Jamie goes to the motel, confronts Mr. Snow. To and this is ad- where I write, Al must be so happy. This director loves these light flares. 
No, it was pissing it's me fair. off, but at least it was something. There was some <laughs> style here, but no. I like, again, I like haze, <laughs> not flares. Um, but Mr. Snow, who as a wanted drug dealer who's just cut a police officer, decided, oh, I know, I'll go back to the motel that everybody knows I live in. Right? Yeah. 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 100%. So then she pulls a gun on him, he pulls a gun on her, and then, yeah, we have some graduation of character, I guess. She ends up shooting him. She didn't hesitate this time. She nope. did it. So she's growing as a character. Um, but the problem is we don't care about her graduating her character through this character. She's meant to do it through the killer, not through right, right. some side character. Yeah, it's very strange. She should be, yeah, again... She's got to be challenged by the main villain, and that's how she grows, is overcoming yes. that challenge. Well, can we just skip the snowflake <laughs> thing? Oh, God. Before it's she just... leaves this room, she sees a snowflake odorizer and realizes that that was her six-sided... Uh, no, uh, whatever, sided item. Yeah, six-sided item. Yeah. And that's when I have to write down, oh, so this thing that they set up in the first scene, come back to, to like two times, literally had nothing to do with anything i'm waiting for it to save the day in some way yeah me too me i was waiting for it to be like the secret of like oh it's the snowflake killer and that or i don't know something that like ties into it but no 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 and also (laughs) it's not a fucking six-sided item what do we know about snowflakes every single one is different that's a whole thing is you're a snowflake and you're special and you're not a six-sided fucking item it does not make sense <laughs> i wish sorry people could see your crazy volume. face right now you look like the guy in the prison <laughs> ranting about broken america well i will rant about bad crossword puzzles <laughs> <laughs> oh and then in the same moment and this is the problem is i mean not just that that's a problem enough but beyond that problem is then the writer wants to tie in a moment of a twist when she sees a present that Mr. Snow had and then realizes that she saw her father given the same present and it's been at some of the murder sites. So the snowflake means nothing, but the present means everything. But if our Santa Clara didn't take out Mr. Snow yet, then why does a present prove anything to her? Because it's just a present in a room from someone who's not dead other than she killed him. The Santa killer didn't kill him. Correct. So it's like two storytelling insults on top of each other in about 10 seconds. Yeah. 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 It's real bad. I'm getting angry. Deputy sick boy. I'm angry about so many things. As we started this one, I was like, oh, maybe this one... Yeah, I remember kind of liking it, and then it was funny, and I had that one great kill that I liked. Maybe it wasn't that bad, and now we're talking about it. I'm like, oh my god. Well, oh my look, god. I'm look. To be clear, there are things that make me angry, but I'm still fine watching it. Like I'm still like, it's shot fast enough, it's paced right, it has an arc, which many of these films don't. Like, it's doing basic things on a on a story level. It's doing things that are fine in terms of here's the basic structure. It's just every detail is fucked. The script Everyone is, is just not on good. their own journey, though, and it's so complicated. It's like watching a Game of Thrones episode when you're just like, I just want to know what happens to this character, so I have to wait until their storyline comes back around again. But then it and, doesn't work anymore. But then yeah. it doesn't. And it Deputy, just goes nowhere. Deputy Sick gets spiked through the eyeball. The sheriff then gets a present as well, and there's a lump of coal in it. And then we get the culmination, the end sequence all the lights go off in the police station. It turns red. It looks cool. Looks stylish. Again, 
I think whenever what, they... What decides who gets a present? I think it's if the Santa knows that they've been bad. If San- Santa already knows in this town who's been naughty and who's been nice. So Santa has previously... Like, Santa got FedEx on it, delivered the coal to everyone that needed it already. But did the little girl get a present? We didn't see it, so I Which don't... One? Maybe. I don't recall seeing it. The 14-year-old it. girl. She didn't get a present. Oh, we didn't see but yeah, so only yeah. her dad got one who we don't know has been bad. No, well, um, we'll but, get right. know, we understand later. Yeah, why? I just, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. But yeah, so we're in this red bay again. Whenever this film gets into a kill scene, I think it works really well. Like it's surprisingly well for what should be like a straight to DVD slasher film. Like it's actually shot well, and again, this Santa suit looks really fucking cool. And Santa turns up with a flamethrower here. Yeah. Jamie but is meanwhile going back to her family's house and this is where we see her dad got got. This is where I'm expecting a twist of, oh, her dad's like, she sees a body and then she turns it and it's not her dad and then she realizes right. Santa's yeah. actually her dad. Um, and then Santa goes hunting down Knives Chow who hides in a room and he knocks off another doorknob to make sure she can't get out. Because uh, the water sprinklers go off, makes the scene look even cooler. Jamie leaves her mom in a closet. Yeah, tied up. 100%. Yeah. Jamie's mom is traumatized in a closet. And it's like, no, just stay here tied up. You'll be fine. I wanted her to knock the doorknob off that one as well. That would yeah. be um, funny. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, Santa goes <laughs> to have a chat with Saki Santa. And we get the first line. He lets Saki Santa out of the prison cell. And then he says, not nice to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't get a punish or anything. Nope. Or not naughty. Nice. Uh, so yeah he gets got Jamie comes back to find the mayhem and we have a fucking axe fight between axe the two of them axe fight axe fight axe on axe baby <laughs> yeah pretty crazy I was like okay I'm into that I'm into the yeah. axe fight I mean this is a, you know it's it's not amazing or anything but this is a decent finale there's proper like stuff going on a lot of these films just keep stopping you know yeah, right. nobody knows how to stop drop and roll whenever they're actively sprinklers on <laughs> There's actively, like, the sprinklers have happened. There's water shooting down. Just stop, drop, and roll, motherfucker. You'll be fine. (laughs) There's, like, pools of water on the ground. And then she flame throws him. And then immediately is like, oh, you're caught on fire. Everything's fine. Let me go rescue my friend. Well, what's weird is that... No double tap. What's weird is it kind of is fine. And then we get this long shot of the mask burning. And then I'm really confused. Because then we see... The killer is still alive, but with a burnt face. Yeah, Which, no explanation how this happened. She must have left him and then he just got... I mean, we needed one or two shots. Like, we needed the police to turn... She goes outside to Knife's Child. The police... Other police turn up. I don't know. Someone turns up. And then they go back in and he's gone. Like, you need something. Yeah, we're just left to assume that he... By seeing just the mask and not the body in it, that he got out before the station goes up in flames. And then we get, you know, and this is a terrible way to do things. You don't do this at the end. I mean, again, slasher films always been whodunits mostly. And there's no whodunit here. It's not anyone that we've seen. It's the son of the guy from the story of the urban legend of going from house, uh, of going from town to town. And we learn that Jamie's father was a cop in whatever town that guy was at. Yeah. Who originally helped take the father down as the son watched. Right. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
And and, then, well, and I think it's supposed to tie into like watch, you know, the first one where it's playing off of that urban legend, right? That right. is so that they can have the based on a true story bullshit. But then it's also, I think, supposed to tie into the first where he's terrified of Santa because Santa kills his parents. But it but it doesn't track. Like, I don't know why he becomes the Santa killer. I guess he's emulating his dad then. Yeah. I don't know. But, it's but very also, strange. He's killing one of the people who originally took his father down here. But he's not. He's been doing this for years from town to town to town. So is it just happenstance that this place now happens to have? Because we're not in the same town. Right. No. So has he been tracking this person all these towns, or is he just doing stuff and then he happened to get here, or is it a bonus? I have no fucking clue. And yes. wouldn't he have been it's targeting her dad mostly out of everybody? Yeah. And we don't even see her dad get got. And we shouldn't learn this information for just no. a weird flashback from the killer. Like, we need to have her, like, because she doesn't know. As far no. as she's concerned, her father had no I, reason to be That's why I was confused when she said it was an urban legend. Because I'm like, if we, if she knows that it was her dad that stopped this guy, right. it wouldn't be an urban legend to her. She, and then she we're meant to, to believe that her stuff. dad never tells her that this is what's happening. She needs to learn stuff, and I really wanted like if we had learned this stuff in it somehow, and there'd been conflict in it, and then she had learned why the killer was after these people who had then killed his father. And that's why he's doing what he's doing. And there's this whole thing of like, because it's kind of interesting, that thing of like punishing the sinners and all that stuff. And Jamie being like, perfect. And then we need something to do with her background and her relationship with her father. And then realizing at the end, it's okay if people aren't perfect. Like she can still stand up for her father and fight for her father or something at the end of the film, even if he fucked up and she's just finding out these terrible things about him or something he did. I don't know. But like, there's so many moral lessons here that could be interesting and that could come across. And they just don't know what to do with any of it. Well, and they fundamentally get wrong. Like, if your parents are murdered in front of you, you're not supposed to then become a sadistic killer. You're supposed to become Batman. It's true. <laughs> not everyone so, has the budget to be Batman, though. Right. So they fundamentally just messed up there. It's true. Hey, he only gets the number three or four. It's in the expensive box to be a vigilante. <laughs> That is Silent Night 2012. Shannon, before we get into our opinions and picking a winner, you've got to tell us on the bingo card, please. So did this it do one better than the original? It did. It did better than the original one. This one checks off 10 boxes of the Ooh. 24. Yeah. So we've got the slut dies. Someone dies in the midst of or directly before sex. The power goes out, which was just happening a lot. They run farther into the house rather than outside to safety, which also happens a lot. We get boobs. My favorite. Woo-woo. Uh, the insinuation that drinking and partying gets you killed, which, duh. Uh, all of a sudden, the whole campus town such typically busy area is totally deserted. I think that that Christmas tree uh, scene, yeah. you know, says that. Uh, someone playfully scares someone else as a joke. A religious imagery and mm-hmm. a foreboding story that literally gives the movie away. You don't have had, priest takes photos of, of girls' boobs. <laughs> inappropriate jokes to the children on Santa's lap. None of these written down. <laughs> you know, none, of those, none of those. None of those are part of it. Weird. Um, well, I mean, doing well, but not as high as our uh, highest so far, which we'll get to in our wrap-ups, obviously. Which film wins the bingo? No one's getting close to a blackout, though, which is sad. 
Yeah, no, no, I mean, I honestly, like, it has been a learning experience for me because I realized, A, per, like, I have on here person of color dies first. Well, there just weren't, they just didn't cast people of color in the <laughs> 80s, period. So <laughs> yep. that can't be a trope. Uh, that must have happened. In, and by the or by the mid to, like, 2000 aughts, the oddies or the teens, right, they've already decided that that's been played out. So we let the people of color live a little bit longer. So there's <laughs> things like that that I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I've I've learned. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, I'm at the tail end of this. I'm very quickly going to say my top ten favorite Christmas horror movies. But before that, let's look at how do we feel about these two films and which one is your pick for the winner of original versus the remake. Let's. Who wants to go? Let's go. I'll go. With Shannon. Yeah, because uh, this one is the clearest one for me so far, <laughs> and that is hands down. The original is my favorite. Hands down. It is no contest. That 80 montage scene, that 80s montage scene is my everything. I love the Mother Superior being like kinky and terrible. I am here for a movie that gets the higher rating that you have to watch the uncut version, not necessarily because it's gorier, but because there's more sex. <laughs> um, like, I am here for this softcore porn version of a horror movie. I am here for, like, everybody in this movie knowing that they are making something kind of campy and fun. Like, the manager that's just, like, crazy and over the top. Like, I, I don't know. We've talked about this a bit. There's a sense of fun with this with this movie that maybe isn't even intended because I do think they are trying to make this like character driven how a serial killer gets made sort of movie and I was I was along for the ride with that I liked that journey and I also thought our Santa killer as much as you know great actor had a really great like sinister half smile which is kind of really all he needs to have (laughs) in this so yeah and the remake uh like jamie king uh and just you know kills that i had to watch through a blanket so it's gonna be scored lower for that um i can recognize that like i do agree i think the kills and things like that are the best part of this movie but the story was just so fucking convoluted and terrible and i Like the original, we have like a simple story. We're seeing the progression of what's happening. It's interesting and it's fun. So, original, 10 out of 10, would recommend. (laughs) Thank you, Shannon. That was uh, emphatic. Emphatic. Uh, (laughs) Katie. So, I do agree with Shannon in that I think in the original that people knew the kind of film that they were making. And that went from the guys on a not virgin, virgin sled hill all the way up to this mother superior character to the cop guy with the literal smoking gun at the end of the film. And I think that that will always work for me What uh, rather than in the remake where everyone is seemingly in their own fucking movie. And I don't know who's doing what or why they're doing anything in the remake and just for that 80s montage in the original like i don't know how you don't love that i don't know how you don't just bow down and love that so i mean absolutely i have to go with the original in this case 
the remake it just it, to me it just really just felt like a scrapbook of people's favorite horror tropes that they just decided to throw in and then yeah had a bunch of actors that they didn't know what to do with and couldn't control when it comes to Malcolm McDowell and then they just had this kind of like weak thread to hold it together which was Jamie King with the pedigree of having been in two other films so yeah definitely the original for me so i mean to be clear we got two votes so no matter what i say the original has won this week which is interesting for me because this was the week where i was gonna come in and say i'm happy for this to go either way (laughs) Um, i like i like the kills in the the remake better but the story just trumped it for me disagree so (laughs) you didn't even see them (laughs) so yeah again to be clear the original film is not good. Like, it's bad. No. It's a bad, bad movie. But I like some of the writer's intentions. I don't think he necessarily does it very well. And obviously, every all the layers on top of that, from directing to acting to all that stuff, doesn't help. But I like that what he was trying to do, and I do think it's unique and interesting with where it's going. And you can have a lot of fun with it. Not as much fun as part two, but it can also be taken vaguely seriously as well, which part two cannot. So it's this weird place with the first one. It's like, well, it's fucking terrible. Like, it is. But it's also made okay. And I mean directed and shot. I don't mean acted. (laughs) Then Mm -hmm. you have the acting really bad but enjoyable. And these preposterous situations. And then when it gets to the kills, it's at the right time, I think. Like, I don't find the beginning ridiculously long. I don't know how many times I'd rewatch it necessarily, but it's fine. And I enjoy it fine. I actually think it's a good, it's a decent slasher film. Yeah. And it's, it's... Yeah, not the worst, not the best. With the remake, again, it's not a great film because the script's terrible. All these things go all over the place that mean nothing. This bewildering act. Like, if you could just cut out the priest and cut out Malcolm McDowell, like, from this movie, it's like this serious film here. I actually like it way more than I remembered and way more than I thought it would, particularly from the remakes we've been doing, where I've been angry week by week going through them. And this was a surprise to me because, like, it's shot well. And the horror stuff, I think, works better than almost any of them. Like, I think he looks great. That's how I want the Santa Claus slasher villain to look. And he's genuinely imposing and a little bit scary. And I think they have fun with that in the right places. And unfortunately, the rest of it's just bewildering. If you had even a really strong lead and then you got rid of, yeah, got Malcolm McDowell or a different actor to play that role properly and redid The Priest, I would really like this movie. And not in that, wow, it's that ex- anything to be excited about, but as a slasher fan, if you like slasher films, yep, 100% one of the better slasher remakes out there. That doesn't mean it's there for anybody else, but if you're into that stuff, you know, there are some cool kills here. They're shot well. They're, some of them are invented. They're having fun with that side of it. There's some gratuitous nudity. It's like, it's just what you kind of would expect these things to be and i would need to before we get to wrap up i need to go back and i think it's sacrilegious because people love my bloody valentine remake but i don't know which i prefer because my bloody valentine had a lot more money so it could do bigger things but i got really fucking angry particularly by the ending of that film when you've got these you know two stupid fucking actors yeah going against each other and just that he's pretending his psyche's broken and all that stuff i was so grateful like i would rather have this mess of an ending he's right he's right there he's right there i'd rather have this mess here but at least it's not we're still stuck with the santa you know like up until one shot of him in a car which i can forget about so i don't know i don't feel passionately enough about it either way to fight for it and you both voted so the original will win and i feel fine about that 
if nothing more than yeah the montage scene and then linear quickly's death scene like those two are enough for me to go yep this film should be watched yeah but yeah i just want to be clear like i think they're both actually in very different worlds of the same bracket of decent (laughs) yeah i i do agree that if there was some recasting and some deletion of characters in the remake that i would like it probably 75 percent more but it's not fair to judge it with what you would do to it no yeah so, no, yeah. I agree. For and those like, reasons, I have to go with the original. Yeah. And like, even I can recognize, you know, the fact that it scares me so much means that it's doing its job, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so like, good job. But is that what I personally want to see? No, but that's because I want to see, as I told Al, I want to see a slasher movie where instead of killing people, we give them hugs. So, and that's just my personal preference. <laughs> <laughs> hugs until they die? Is that what we're wanting? No, just hugs. Oh, hugs until they <laughs> die. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> I think, again, it comes down to a thing of, like, would I, you know, which one would I watch again and which one would I recommend to a slasher fan or something. Right. And they're both in equal mm-hmm. places for me. Like, I would watch both of them again for very different reasons. And right. I would actually watch both of these again. Um, and I would recommend them to slasher fans for very different reasons. So. Just very quickly then before we get out, my favorite Christmas horror films. I did watch all those other ones. None of them ended up on this top 10 list. None of the Silent <laughs> Night, Deadly Night films ended up on this top 10 list. Uh, Black Christmas. These aren't in any order. Black Christmas, of course, the classic. Everyone should see that. Gremlins, of course, one of my all time favorite Duh. movies. Love it. Uh, I actually really like on second viewing, which we did with Katie last year. I really like the Krampus um, film that was recent. I think that's actually really a decent good. movie. I'm a big fan of P2, which is produced by Alexandra Aja. It's set in a parking structure, uh, the whole film. And it's actually... Oh, uh, it, it's, it's It's pretty cool. I like it. Out of... Well, sorry. Dead End is one that I love, which is actually set on Christmas uh, when they're heading to their, for, to their family house. That's a really... That's more of an art house stuff. It's really great on this road in the forest and it never stops and this family and it gets very surreal and crazy. Ooh. Um, last year... Was it last year or year before? I really like Better Watch Out. I think that was actually a great film. We should on again to why, because a lot of it's twists and stuff, but I think it's a really cool, slick, fun film. I like A Christmas Horror Story, which is the only one with different parts. Uh, what do you call it? A film with, diff- with yeah. different films that make up a film. Anyway. Like I'll an like anthology? Anthology, thank you. Uh, I like that one mostly because the ending. I think the ending twist is fantastic. Um, I enjoy Windchill, which is a pretty early Emily Blunt film. Uh, that's pretty cool. Really Inside good. the French New French Extremity uh, film about a pregnant woman and this lady with a pair of scissors breaking in to get the baby um, is one of the most scary Do and fantastic that, horror Shannon. films ever made. No. I will not. I will That's not truly, watch that. You could not watch any French New French Extremism. That will fuck you up, those films. Yeah. No, um, not watching it. And the only film on this list for me that has an actual person dressed as Santa killing people that I like is a film which I know a lot of people don't like, uh, but it's called Santa's Slay. <laughs> and it is slasher trash straight to dvd starring a, a wrestling guy dressed as santa and i don't know why but i have a lot of fun with that movie <laughs> so they're my top 10 christmas uh themed horror movies it was very, very much like a lack of evil elves i was really wanting yeah a lot of no christmas elves. tropes and instead they were they just really landed on the naughty or nice thing yeah I was like, yeah. man, there's like no reindeer. There's there was yeah. barely snow. There was. I do like want to say I do think it'll be snow. back. Like I do feel like there is there are ideas in this series that you could do something much better, much better with than has been done so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I do think someone's gonna do something at some point. I agree. 
if you're listening again please go to weird geeks on itunes and subscribe and rate us it helps out a whole bunch and please go to weirdgeeks.com to listen to all of our previous shows and uh you can then patch out also to our social medias and our publisher, We Are Tessellate, who is a production company right out of London, LA, and Tokyo, making feature films, short films, going to do some game stuff, going to do all different things in the future and stuff with things and stuff. And we just did a feature film called Starfish, which you can learn all about by going to starfishmixtape.com. Um, and let me just very quickly check which week this goes up. Right then, we are starting right now, this week, our theatrical tour of Starfish Woo-hoo! across America from yeah! New York to LA. Yeah! I will be there for the majority of those. So please go to starfishmixtape.com and you can find out where it's going to be playing near you. Um, hopefully there's somewhere and you can come see it. And if not, you can support it then digitally uh, through the orchard, which will be news will be up on the site and all that stuff. Ali might be with you for some of it. I'm going to try and be with you for some of it. So yep. Yep. even when Al is busy and, you know, having people fawn all over him, we'll still be around and we like drinks. <laughs> to have people shouting at me because <laughs> they hate my movie. <laughs> Um, I'm just gonna have to create. I'm just gonna have to create directors of all these movies come to my movie. What the fuck are you talking about, you asshole? Um, and, and maybe Christina might be coming as well to some of it. Actually. Oh yeah. But, oh good. Yes, I'm Mr. Al White on all the social medias and on Xbox. If you want to play some Apex Legends, if I'm still playing that game and if it's still relevant. Uh, I'm Shannon Hollander on the gram, and my favorite Shannon on Twitter. But just don't bother. I don't. I don't do it. I don't. Use Why it. do you There's even no give point. your Twitter handle if you don't want people to tweet at you? Because I want to see. I want. I want the like the one person that's like, "Fuck this! I'm gonna tweet at her and just see what happens." I want to see who's the most obstinate out of this. I've audience. asked for hate mail tweets for a long time, and I've still not gotten any. So mm. if you get well, tweeted at before me, I'm gonna be very upset. Ooh, now there's a challenge. Katie, where can I send you don't. hate mail tweets? <laughs> um, I'm at my dearest Watson for the tweets. And um, also on Instagram. So you can look at food pictures. Yeah, and we'll be back. Good. I'm only chasing through because I'm peculiarly aware Shannon has to go right now. Yeah, <laughs> I am. We'll be back next Friday where we're going to be dealing with April Fool's Day and its remake. And it will no longer be the last one in our series, Shannon. I'm sorry. You have two more weeks. <laughs> But it's okay, you put in a musical, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, And I don't want to spoil it, because I've just recently heard some things that made me think, oh, maybe I'm going to go back and hate April Fool's Day. But last time I saw that original, I fucking loved it. I really loved it. Um, So I'm excited for next week to revisit. And I've never seen the remake. So fun times ahead. Until then, we're out. Geeks. Geeks.